welcome to episode 39 of True Cult Pop. It's a pop music podcast and a punk rock podcast particularly this week. Uh, it's me, Stephen Hill. Hope you're good. Hope you're having a nice day. It's been nice. You can probably hear I've got serious, serious hay fever. It's doing my nutting. It's doing my absolute nutting. Um, but I didn't have it so badly when you hear the majority of this podcast because I'm about to throw over to myself. And guess who else? There's only bloody Sam Slight. He only left two weeks ago and said he's never coming back. And fuck you. And he came crawling back with me. He didn't really. He just happened to be uh, where I was, which was at the Outbreak Festival. So this podcast is a special podcast, which is basically two thirds live from the Outbreak Festival, which Sam and I went to at the weekend. And you're about to hear all about that. I was going to do some extra stuff about like you know a song of the week and maybe talk about Glastonbury for a bit yeah yeah Rina Sawayama she talked shit about Matty Healy and she played corn and she played Limp Biscuit. good for her that's a sort of inverse Healy watch that I've just done there uh, all by myself so that I, I know that stuff happens I watched a little bit of Arctic Monkeys I watched a little bit of Guns N' Roses I watched a little bit of Elton John on the way back and um, I have since watched the Manic Street Preachers and the Lightning Seeds on iPlayer Catch-Up because I am 43 years old. So what do you expect me to watch? Fucking WizKid. Absolutely not. Um, anyway, uh, before I throw over to myself, just want to say go to patreon.com forward slash truecoppop and you can sign up for some of our exclusive content over there, which we're very, very happy with. You may have seen this week, myself and Gaz Jones did a beginner's guide to Paul Weller. Uh, deep dive Paul Weller, deep dive the jam, the style council and Paul Weller's solo material. Mostly enthusiastic all the way through. I mean, for the jam and style council, I would say that's a 100% successful hit rate. If you pick up any of their albums, if you listen to any of their songs, I think you're probably going to have a pretty good time. Paul Weller, maybe last sort of decade and a bit of Paul Weller has been, maybe even more to be fair, has been patchy, but we do... Uh, we do just discuss all of that and, you know, trying to find the best bits of the, I guess, the kind of the, the post-heavy soul Paul Weller era. Um, Gaz is as much of a fan of all the stuff. It was kind of eerie about the stuff that we picked. It was quite eerie that me and him basically picked sort of the same stuff. So that was cool. Um, I actually recorded a Patreon podcast to go out this week, so I don't actually know if there will be one on Saturday. If not, I'll try and um, get someone to do something for me on Sunday or monday or whenever so actually as we record i haven't got anything on patreon but that's for the one pound tier if you sign up for the five pound tier you get the classic album and you can get the um beginner's guide to every other week should be another kind of writer's oh my god writer's view not writer's view <laughs> your cult pop uh every saturday don't know what that's going to be at the moment absolutely no idea too early who knows could be something could be nothing might be coming on monday might be coming on saturday don't know yet so sorry about that but that's you know as you try and grab people as and when at the moment which is sort of what i've been doing that's what's been going on anyway um we went to the outbreak festival it was cracking and this is what happened essentially i'm going to throw over now to myself and sam I, you know i was going to do, listen, I was going to do more stuff but it ended up being massive and so much to talk about that really there's that's the whole podcast. So here we are. Enjoy that. Oh, I'm recording now. Uh, so am I. Well, by I virtue. Yeah. yeah, because we're actually in the on same, same room. Yeah. 
Hey, look at this. We're in the bloody same room as each other for the first time ever doing a podcast. First time fucking ever. It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. We're in a room. It's like a greenhouse, which means I'm sweating. It is 11 minutes... No, it's three minutes past 11 on the Saturday morning of Outbreak Festival. And um, the... Uh, the cleaner man has, has just arrived which has thrown me slightly but he's just getting on with his job being very professional unlike me um, yeah we just thought we'd give you a little podcast update every day day by day the morning of Outbreak Festival let's talk people through what happened yesterday on the Friday um, first of all stinker of a drive for me <laughs> go on tell him about your car <laughs> 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 um, yeah uh, bought it for X amount of money. <laughs> Got covered in dog shit. New engine. Uh, not dog shit, bird shit, actually. And, um, yeah. How big are the dogs? <laughs> Great big, Danes in Overton. Tiny little dogs to put <laughs> on the roof of my car. And, uh, and then uh, just got stuck in the, the M3 mm. accident. So it meant that I actually got up to the festival from Overton. Should have really left. Just fucking faffing around, feeling mm. like when I Faffing around, didn't get up till three o'clock. A couple of hours after it started. Not the best. Quite a while after. And uh, obviously, because I'm polite, uh, I just waited. So You did, yeah. yeah. I do yeah. appreciate that. So That's right. I'm going to say, unfortunately, if you want a good Friday, if you want a good Friday review. Uh, <laughs> the Gardeners. The Gardeners yeah. or actual Good Friday, which mm. has happened already. You can hear the train in the background. Let's see. We are at the festival. We're not lying. No. Um, it's all true. Anything on the second stage yesterday? Nothing. I saw one band, but we'll get to them a bit later because okay. they are, they are just before the headliners. Essentially, they were the second stage headliner. So basically, pest control, tsunami, Fleshwater missed all of them. Unfortunately, so yes. Sorry about that, guys. I'm very very sorry about that. I get my bearings and whatnot. First of all, the venue. I think this is a fucking great venue i think it's really cool i have seen um so obviously you know we were talking about when we did the festival preview um people were uh, some people were a little bit uh moany about the lineup um and you know people always moan when it comes to festivals and things like that i think the only thing that people have been justified in is the lack of re-entry but actually as a venue i think it's brilliant i think it's really really good space for you to be in and given that I think they have sold out all of their weekend tickets so there's still some day tickets available but it never feels overstuffed and I've not really had a problem getting about mm. as a wee lad admittedly that is <laughs> easier for me but yeah well I've not really either no. I mean my excellent access pass has helped Ooh, a little bit you're odd I do admit that but basically this is like a massive fucking warehouse it is Manchester uh, City Centre isn't it if you google Depot Mayfield and just look at some pictures of it it is like a kind of stereotype of an industrial like Berlin club that you'd find sort of like in the east of the city centre it looks amazing and having the venue set up in it like having outbreaks set up in it feels fucking brilliant yeah because for 10 years hardcore bands just did them playing in empty warehouses yes as their videos absolutely and now they're in a full warehouse playing in front of people so it feels like some sort of evolution also <laughs> we were talking yesterday and there was chat that the floor so you need a wristband to get into kind of the i'm not even gonna call it the front section but basically the kind of middle section yeah, I suppose it is kind of front standing, but that gives the implication it's a golden circle. I mean, it's not that at all. If, if anything, no. it's kind of, you know, you, you basically sign a waiver to say, look, if I, get hurt, yeah, yeah. if I get hurt, it's because, well, it's on me, basically. I know what was going to happen. So It's like a, a, a sort of uh, <laughs> more people in a, it's, it's a safer, ver- it's a safer hardcore version of that submarine, isn't it? <laughs> so it's like if you get in this, then yeah. you might get hurt and, you know. Yeah, but I think... But they haven't the, cut corners. No, I was going to say, the people at Outbreak, I think, have actually, you know, thought about it. And also, the people going in, I think, are just quite sensible, generally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I haven't seen any, like, broken... I did see a guy with a massive 
cut on his head. Mm. Um, My mate Paddy uh, did stage dive during Convergence, said he did hurt his shoulder quite badly. But again, that's on him. He fell that funny, and he's like, mm-hmm. well, that's just me. I'm out of action for the next day, but like, I did that. So, And I think when it fills up a bit, I mean, we'll talk about Koyo in a minute, who was the first band that we saw, which mm. was, I guess, probably two-thirds full. In terms of the capacity of that front bit, we, you were saying yesterday that it was like 4,000 people allowed in there. That, 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 that wasn't me. Oh, Someone sorry, said okay. that to us, and I said, bollocks, there's no way that that front standing is the be. size. I would say that front standing seat, it feels like it might be the size of the electric ballroom. So I'd say it's about 1,200, it feels like. Mm. Like yeah. if it was absolutely rammed as well. Yeah, it, it really does. Um, I, there's no way. Someone was saying it, it was the capacity of bricks, and it's like, no, it fucking isn't. Not a chance. It just Not isn't. Not a chance. So, but I think you are still looking at a good... It's well, so the, apparently, uh, Depot Mayfield's capacity is 10,000. Now, obviously, that is split across the entire kind of compound thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know quite how much of that is allocated to Outbreak, but, I mean, I would assume there's at least... At its peak yesterday, I would assume there was at least kind of seven to 8,000 people here. Mm, I would have said less than that actually, but really? I said maybe I was thinking more like kind of. I think the floor is about as big as the floor of the Roundhouse, which I think holds three thousand people. I, I think the Roundhouse totally holds three thousand. Yeah, but anyway, sure, sure. anyway. Oh, I've we're getting off topic yeah. a little bit. Anyway, it, it, but basically, you can see from everywhere mm-hmm. it is good. I think the the kind of the high ceiling would make you think that p- potentially the sound quality might be an issue, but. Depending on where you stand, mm. we stood on the kind of side bit to watch Koyo, who we'll talk about in a minute, uh, which was uh, like, all right. I think the sound was all right. It got better the more it filled up, mm-hmm. and as we will discuss, and when we went into the middle to watch uh, the next military gun, military gun, which yeah, we yeah. About, I thought the sound was actually pretty good mm-hmm. while they were on from the sort of middle point where, which is the kind of ideal place to be watching a band. So anyway, um, yeah, Koyo were the first band that I mm. saw, the first band that we saw. I only really saw a little bit of them to be honest. Yeah, it's on fleetingly, so I wouldn't want to judge too harshly. I mean, I thought they seemed all right. You know, mm-hmm. they kind of had, uh, you know, that kind of American melodic hardcore feel about them with a little bit more, I don't know, a bit harder edge than that. But, you know, they seem to go down really well. I mean, they definitely got a pretty rabid response. I think he was saying it was only their fourth UK show. Oh, I thought you said it was. If I thought I heard you said the first. I mean, that might be wrong. Oh, completely. maybe maybe I misheard. Well, I thought to be you honest. said it was the first one. Well, I'll tell you what I did like about them because yeah, like musically speaking, I thought they were cool, but they were like you know fairly sort of unremarkable given the standard of the stuff that we're going to be talking yeah, about yeah, in a minute, yeah. right? But I mean, what I did like is I like I like a big lad with his shirt with his shirt off on stage. <laughs> Something like you can relate Matt to. From the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Matt from the Bronx. Um, uh, Damien, Damien from, from Fucked, fucked Up, up. Yeah, like yeah, when you get the fucking just like you know kind of chunky lads mm. top off on stage um, uh, and sort of throwing their fists around and by the end like I mean you know I was like fucking hell three o'clock in the afternoon and it's full blown stage invasion with people what I like is like there's crowd surfers and then I like a stage surfer mm. so someone that when everyone will actually crowd surf on top of the stage invasion and that happened so yeah I like that I mean you know it didn't I wouldn't necessarily say it made me go oh they're one of the most exciting hardcore bands in the world but I liked it I thought they were decent I thought they put on a good show and like for the first band that we saw even though it was kind of fleeting you know I thought they they warmed me up pretty well god that is a loud train, a train isn't it, isn't it? It's, a, it's a freight train you want to get some WD-40 on that mate bloody know. hell um, <laughs> but yeah Koyo I thought they they were a good start to the day. They got me in the mood for it because, yeah, seeing everyone going pretty batty for it, like at three o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, it says quite a lot about quite how dedicated people are to 
to the cause, I suppose. Yes, <laughs> it did, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, and then we moved on to see uh, the next band on that stage was Military Gun. Mm. Now, Military Gun are a, a band who I don't think we've actually spoken about on the podcast, neither you or me no. in any form at all, I don't think. But I have listened to them a little bit because a lot of people have been going, you need to go and watch Military Gun, go and mm. Military Gun. And I believe they're signed to Jay-Z's... Uh, label? I believe so. I mean, I don't know loads about them. I mean, um, Sean, uh, your friend who was here, yeah. one of one of the curb dog contingent, yeah. basically blokes in his forties who talk about hardcore like in the day. Well, that's that's what you are called. Okay. So sorry, yeah. I don't make the rules. Uh, but he was saying <laughs> it's your man who was in Regional Justice Centre. So yeah. he's kind of he's finished that project. He's kind of filled, or maybe not finished completely, but he's done what he wants to do with that project for now. And so Military Guns is kind of his next thing. So that got me quite excited to go and see him i liked that regional justice center album from was it 2021 it came out uh or maybe 2020 i don't know but anyway i remember thinking regional justice center were pretty fucking good so mm-hmm. i was excited to go and see military gun but you'd listened to them before yeah you were saying, uh, yeah, yeah i did and, and you know i mean there's a there's quite a lot they're, they're one of they could potentially be like the next sort of hype band mm. in hardcore. i mean you know like they've got a lot of i think they've got quite a big label sway behind them they showed one of their videos on the screen yeah and it looks like it a looks fucking, slick yes yeah, slick as fuck like a fucking Papa Roach video or something do you know what I mean it looked really I mean, is that the yeah that's slickness? I think sure. that might be damning with faint praise before. I thought it looked a lot better than that it, it looked very to be honest it looked like a slightly lower budget version of something that Denzel Curry might have done I mean not quite as stylish but it definitely had a stylish streak to it yeah that kind of very ultra HD white room yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. you know crisp clean you know sharp edges yeah, yeah and so, I thought they were good. I thought they were really mm. good. I mean, look, the um, the turn stylification <laughs> of hardcore yeah. continues at a rate of knots. And I think the thing, like, you know, turnstile are unquestionably the like, the big band at the moment, right? Like, no question. No question whatsoever. And I think looking at a band like Military Gun, mm. to me, they could be... I don't think we've reached any kind of saturation point for like that as an idea yet no uh, I think I think virtue of that I think the fact that we haven't already reached that obviously you know Turnstile growing so much during Covid uh, you know that, that makes their expansion seem that much more kind of meteoric not not that it's not massively impressive but I think also because record labels aren't in the rude health they used to be it's not like the alt rock gold rush kind no. of feeding frenzy so I think it'll be a little while before we all get fucking sick of these bands but yeah they're definitely cut from a similar cloth yeah and the thing is is that you know when I listen to Turnstile obviously I mean I was talking to a mate of mine yesterday and I was like I love Turnstile because they're doing something genuinely genuinely different with mm. that very very kind of upbeat melodic posy hardcore but then the thing is I'm old enough to remember Shelter and Gorilla Biscuits yeah, and Civ yeah. and bands like that. So, like, this is nothing new particularly to me. And so, when I see a band like Military Gun, I look at them and I go, "You feel like, um, a ver- an, a, like, for me, a more like a version of that." So it's like, well, I've definitely heard this before, mm. but then, to, you know, Turnstile would be the big kind of like yeah. shout for that kind of thing. And I like, for what it's worth, I thought they were. I thought I think that. Um, What's the name of the fucking album that they put out? Uh, hold on, give me two seconds. I've got the old. I'll vamp. I'll vamp. Spotify. So, uh, <laughs> hey, what's in the news? Have we have we heard about that submarine? Oh I god, I've already mentioned that. I think I think you have. Keep, yeah, yeah. Keep saying it. Um, <laughs> Don't mention it. Oh yes. So, uh, Life Under the Gun, which mm. actually came out on when did that come out? Yeah, it was June. So it's not been out 
very long at all. So I've literally just been listening to it like the last. Oh, actually, no, mate. He said it came out yesterday, so it came out the day they were performing. Well, so you will, have been, I've been you will have had it. From it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, or you yeah, may have been sent it early. I, I, yeah, that's what's happened. I yeah, get sent it early actually. Yeah, I just remembered. He opened their set and said, "Our album just came out today. This is a song from that album." I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." It's okay. Just come back to me. So yeah, I, I, I don't remember him saying that. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So. Mm. Um, yeah, I sort of heard the singles on it, and then somebody sent me it uh, prior to it. For some reason, I thought it'd been out a couple of weeks. Mm. I prob- we probably should do a sort of proper review of that at some point because, like, spoiler, I think it is very, very good. It's very strong. As someone who's not heard their material, I thought they put on a really, really good show. I thought, um, yeah, it had a good amount of energy to it. It was definitely, like, as you say, in that posy hardcore vein. Um, but it got people fucking moving. Like, there are a hell of a lot of people up on stage. One of the great things about Outbreak, um, you know, as a punk festival that has expanded to this massive venue, still no barrier. No barrier. No barrier. Mm. Yeah, look, look, I, think they're, I think they're good. I think they're really good at doing that particular thing. And I think that there's obviously, they're obviously looking for another, like, you know, the fact that they do seem to have quite a big push behind them. There's people obviously looking for that. And that could make you a little bit cynical, but I think, you know, they are... For me, they're definitely good enough. Mm. Definitely good enough. And like that was a really good set. I really, really enjoyed that. I thought they were really good. Yeah, I thought they were strong. I think it's it's difficult to get too excited about them just because of what came later in the day. But I thought, yeah, I think so far in this review, two for two, two really strong sets. You know, I'd say looking at a kind of seven and a half out of ten average. And, you know, it's not yeah. bad for a start to a festival. I know we were late, but, you know. We were late, yeah. Uh, we then saw One Step Closer, mm. who I don't really know very much about, to be honest. I don't know much at all about them. Um, I thought they were, again, I thought they were decent in that kind of melodic hardcore vein. They had a bit of the touche amores about them. Um, mm. Not quite as proficient. I mean, certainly to my ears. Um, I thought they were decent. I think of the three we've talked about so far, probably the one I enjoyed least, but that's not a slight against them. I think the other two bands were just a little bit more, I don't know, a bit more on it. But they did do a song at the end. I think he said it was called The Breach. And I tell you what, that was like, ah, do more of that. If you did a set full of that, you'd fucking, you'd have me, like, over a barrel, you'd have me. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, that stuff like sort of, I don't know, like counterparts, right? Yeah. And not, is not really, I'm, just not that fussed by that stuff. And I, I wouldn't they, say it goes quite as heavy as Counterparts. I don't think it was quite yeah. to that kind of like techie metalcore level. No, but it, they, I, I certainly felt like they were like the, the most sort of... They were the closest sc- to the it, The screamiest yeah. band that we'd seen. They definitely were. I mean, yeah, he had it, it almost, yeah. Well, it was a scream, wasn't it, rather than a shout, yeah. definitely. They, yeah. they were certainly a lot, you know, there was... Military Gun were very, very melodic, and I thought... Um, you know, uh, Koyo definitely had that kind of shouty hardcore mm, thing. Mm. This, to me, felt a bit like it was, it was really, f- yeah, it was, it was a lot faster. Yes. But that whole kind of melodic with hardcore with screaming, um, like, I don't know, man. I just feel like sometimes I'm like, mm, it seems bad to be like, give me one or the other, because that feels really kind of reductive. Mm. But I do, I was just like, I don't know, there wasn't many... After 15 minutes, I found myself... I found my mind wandering a little bit. I mean, yeah, to be fair, their entire... I mean, the set wasn't long. They had, what, half an hour? I mean, it, half di- an hour. it didn't hold... 15 minutes, I, I was... When they came on, I was like, this is pretty good. And after, like, 15 minutes, I was like, ah, I don't need to watch the rest of this, really. I mean, to be honest, yeah, after 15 minutes, I was probably a bit like, oh, they need to do something different. And then I do think that that last song they did, I mean, it had a little bit more of a kind of, like, punchy kind of two-step to it, and I thought that really worked. I think diversifying their set a little bit further... I mean, I don't know how far into their career they maybe they've only got like the, well I would assume playing that high up they've probably got at least an album out because um, they don't seem like they were a, a buzz band I've not really heard the name bandied about but um, you know I think a slightly more diverse set list and they they could they could be really fucking good I enjoyed them for the record but 
looks like they've got two albums out. Two albums, okay. I well, I mean, yeah. One of them is a, a live audio tree thing. So they've got one uh, album, Okay, they've got one album. album. All right, well, I think promising start i'd say for my relationship with one step closer yeah okay. I'll, I'll be keeping an ear out for them definitely yeah they weren't awful but i was mm. a bit like mm, i'm not sure um anyway look let's fucking get on to <laughs> who, who what i think were probably even amongst some pretty stiff competition mm. the band of the day quite comfortably i'd say like i said mm. to you like on the on the way back or on the way out of the venue like converge who obviously we'll talk about in a bit are they are my favorite band that are performing at this festival um but yesterday was all about high vis, all about high vis. High vis were exceptional, and you know mm. what? Like, obviously, we both raved about their album. Blending, yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out last year, and it got in our top twenty album. Both of our top twenty albums of the year, it got into, and I still listen to it quite a lot. Like, it's got some songs on it now. There's kind of five or six songs on it now where I'm just like, those are like fucking all time. Like, they, I will listen to those songs mm. forever. Right? They're fucking great. Um, but I realised halfway through watching them, I was like. I have seen this band before. Mm. I have seen. I think I saw them in 2019, opening for someone mm. at the Underworld. They were the first band on, and I had to go and review. I mean, I'm gonna assume it was Terror <laughs> because I've I mean, one of your 15 Terror gigs that year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I do go and watch Terror for Metal Hammer about every time every, they play. Every yeah. Once a month, pretty much. <laughs> and, um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so, uh, but they played with someone at the Underworld and I didn't know who they were. And at the time, I remember thinking, oh, they're quite cool. And I remember thinking, mm. oh, that guy's got a cool voice, but not really thinking that much more about it. Not really, because, you know, because you see so many fucking bands, they were like the mm. opening band on a thing, and then a couple of years later. And then I was like, oh shit, that, that was them. Mm. That was them four years ago or whatever. And I probably did see them. Um, I, the, the absolute fucking brass <laughs> balls to come on and open with a cover of Morning Glory mm. by Oasis, I just thought was fucking brilliant. I mean, it makes them straight away, you just go, are oh, they don't give a fuck, do they? It's, not only do they not yeah. give a fuck, but they also have like really brilliantly broad taste in music for like a hardcore festival. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they pitched it superbly. I mean, it is, yeah, it is a fucking bold statement but mm. i mean looking at the crowd yesterday the second that kind of droning intro to it for the record as someone who doesn't like oasis even i have conceded many times over in the past that that song is fucking brilliant the title yeah. track of what's the story morning yeah, is yeah, fucking yeah. brilliant even i will say that and i mean last night was the best that song's ever sounded because oh, high vis wow. are just fucking punks like even though they do play you know this as we talked about in the review this stuff that takes from a lot of post-punk and kind of like 80s or like Manchester stuff it's like they're still a fucking hardcore band through and through like ethically and their kind of ethos behind it is just that's what they do and I'll tell you what mate they fucking smashed it and people were eating out the palm of their hands the the entire set was brilliant I mean I I think it felt to me when they got to trauma bonds the final song which I think was that was probably the best moment of the entire day there's one other song that could rival it yesterday but that was one of the high points of the day I mean that felt like kind of at this point in their career a definitive moment i think that will be a definitive moment for outbreak and watching the reception i mean you put a picture on your instagram of the i don't know what 50 people who were crowding around graham like mm. screaming into the mic with him during the end of that song surely they they'll be headlining this before long if if they want to stay in this thing which to be fair i mean given how broad outbreak is you know clearly aiming to go i mean i don't see why hovers aren't going to stay here but no. i thought it was a victory lap for a band who is still on the up yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they're on the front cover of Kerrang. They are at the moment, yeah. Yeah, so that is really, really encouraging. I mean, 
the thing about high vis is is that I mean I've seen certain people who shall remain nameless describe them as an indie band which like I get it when you're listening to it like there mm. is there is a bit of that kind of Stone Roses Smithy jangle there's a jangly thing. guitar yes but I don't think it's the definitive thing no they're, they're a punk band they are a punk band and I watched them yesterday and you know, it's like Graham, he does have a bit, like he's got a bit of the kind of, he's got like a kind of Rollins meets Liam mm. Gallagher thing to him, where he stands with them, for a lot of it, he had the mic in the mic stand, mm-hmm. like, Liam, like Liam would, but also was like, would go back and sort of stomp and then <laughs> spin around yeah. and swing kick and shit like that. And those songs are fucking brilliant. They, they translate really well. Yeah. Again, like I think it's quite hard for punk rock bands, like a band like, you know, one step closer when they did the really fast stuff when we were stood at the back of that room mm. some of it it didn't really it, it didn't quite hit you that hard but those choruses those chords those little you know those kind of brilliantly jangly kind of swelling fucking you know euphoric um, indie guitar parts that they bring but also with that like dun 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 like the sort of the punk beating rock, like beating um, heart of punk rock yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely it's, it was it was fucking great and um, yeah to see people lose their shit to them yeah like when they did um, talk for hours that whole <laughs> uh, yeah we, we, we walked off after this and for the rest of the day um, uh, we would literally like somebody in our party would go for us, I hardly knew you. Yeah, like yeah. For, for every like ten minutes, somebody would do that because it is just like it is a it's a fucking proper earworm. Mm. Yeah, man, they were brilliant. I think. Yeah. I would like to think that the kind of because um, I know like the Pitchfork were, went pretty. Yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Good they've been really well received everywhere that they've been picked up. I mean, well, that I'm aware of, everywhere that I've paid attention to, basically. Yeah. And it's like I just hope that that translates to the audience. I mean, they're playing at Reading. Reading. I was about to say, I would be. I really mean, that would be the one. What happens to them when they play Reading if they get people coming down or if the people if they don't? I mean, the thing about Reading is it's not even really a very indie lineup at this point, is it? No. Like really, you want them at. I mean, are they playing Part Life or are they playing. Like I've got no idea. I think they might. They'll, they'll be playing other festivals, won't they? Yeah. But I can't think off the top of my head quite where they'd be yeah. at the moment or where they're booked for, I should say. I mean, I would love to see them get booked on a tour with, like, I don't know, with, with one of the sort of harder hitting Britpop I mean they should be opening for Blur in a couple of weeks oh fuck yeah they should slow tie's been kicked off the bill like fucking get yeah don't get Paul Weller to do another night get fucking High Viz then absolutely I mean it would be yeah that's a no brainer incredible isn't it yeah that's a dead cert surely yeah get on it come on Wembley sort your life out although I am quite looking forward to it by the time you hear this you'll probably have heard my thoughts on Paul Weller so if you're on our Patreon page I've already done the sting for that I prefer Paul Waller if you're asking well as a yeah as a man and a musician so oh, okay yeah i mean look, i like paul very much. <laughs> I like both of paul's i'm not gonna yeah. don't don't make me choose is what i'm saying <laughs> don't ask me to choose <laughs> don't ask me to choose uh i heard defeater right well while because you, i basically yeah. i bumped into my mate luigi hello mate i'm sure he's listening and we had a little drink and a catch-up. And that was something that I felt I needed to do rather than watch Defeater again. Yeah, fair. Well, while you were doing that, I went over to the second stage. The only time I went to the second stage uh, fully that day, I tried to catch a bit of TS Warspite. And I did sort of a bit, but I don't think enough to review them. Like, I don't feel like I could do justice to it. They were good, for the record. Um, but I saw Spy, who basically, I saw the name and it was like, right, Spy versus Spy. So surely I'll like yeah. this as well. Uh, 
You like the film Spies Like Us with Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. I, oh, yes, I do. And yeah. X versus Sever, which is why I like any band with like entombed guitar, basically. Mm-hmm. It's all severance. Um, but yeah, Spy. Didn't know anything about them beyond the name. I mean, to be honest, it was weird, actually. Um, I've been so excited about this Outbreak lineup. And yesterday, there's only one band that I'd seen before. Every single band, apart from Converge, I was seeing for the first time. Um, I thought Spy were great. Uh, they were Bay Area hardcore. So they were like a really kind of, you know, fully on the metallic and almost to to a kind of like mellow death level um crossover band cool. and they were they were fucking great really really noisy a lot of gainy distortion um every single song basically kind of just <laughs> started at i don't know 180 bpm and then probably went up to 220 and then came back down for a two-step bit and then a beat down you know it was it was pretty by numbers but fuck me they had a lot of energy and it was rammed in there so the second stage um from this you know quite fairly sort of wide warehouse um expanse to the main stage the second stage is kind of in a little tunnel at the back um but it felt cool it was like a slightly narrower but taller ceiling version of heaven in london if if anyone who's listening has ever been there um yeah, I, like I thought that. it was great though i thought yeah spy they just brought a really kind of fucking metal edge to the day that to not only has only been lacking but i had been thinking throughout the day it's like a lot of these bands are great but it's like for all the people moaning about it not being a very heavy like, or hard festival none of these bands have been that hard hitting I would say and Spy definitely filled that quota for me so they, yeah. they, they hit the spot I think for me they were a great transition from high vis into Converge basically yeah now we're going to talk about Converge now and it's odd because Converge's name tops the poster Converge and Bane mm. they were the kind of co-headliners yes uh, Converge I'm, did they give like we, we don't know did they the give up their headline spot to, to Bane, or did Bane were Bane offered it and accepted it? It's hard to say because Converge. We don't know, do we? Well, yeah. we don't know. Yeah, I mean, Converge. Uh, they were announced first, and then it was announced that Bane would join them as a co-headliner. Converge weren't announced as a headliner or a potential co-headliner at first, so we can only speculate. I wouldn't be surprised if, based on um, the way. Jacob Bannon was speaking on stage last night, the kind of reverence with which he was talking about Bane and the humility that he well, that he always has when he's performing with Converge. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of said, like, I think you guys should kind of have the, the top spot because I think Bane feels like uh, more of a get. Like, I think we're spoiled by the fact that Converge in the UK so, so, so often that I think maybe even they realise that, mm. you know, not that people would leave if they were on after Bane, but like maybe they just thought it's their their moment. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the counter-argument to that would be that Converge come over a lot, and when they come over, they now have got to the point where they can regularly play to mm. at least, I would say, minimum a 1,000 people. So I've, I've seen them twice, both times been at the Electric Ballroom, and I, I don't think it's sold out either time, but it's like as close as it can be to selling out without, without it being official, basically. It's yeah. always fucking rammed. Yeah, Electric Ballroom, Coco. Yeah. Uh, those are the sort of venues Converge now regularly play. Now, Easy. I yeah. would suspect that Bane would still play the Underworld. They might be able to do like a one-off at the Electric Ballroom, I think. But yeah, that would be like a UK, like a single UK show, I think. Yeah. It's a bit like, I mean, obviously, I think there's been a lot of talk amongst festival audiences this year about Botch coming over. And it's like, well, looking at how they've been getting on in Europe, I mean, I don't think Botch would play as big a venue as people might hope they would if they came to the UK. Yeah, I mean, you know, like last time I saw Bane, actually with Code Orange supporting them in 2015, mm. I say, uh, and they played the Underworld. Right, and okay. And it was fucking rammed. Uh, but, you know, M- Madball played the Underworld <laughs> yeah. all the time. Terror played the Underworld all the time. They Sick of it all. Front. Sick of it all. Yeah. They all played, you know, the Underworld would be so, you know, but ultimately that isn't a massive venue. Now, 
whether they choose to do that because they just like the venue or, mm. or uh, you know some I, I feel like those bands could probably like Hatebreed Hatebreed easily to yeah, play yeah, yeah that so they don't but anyway I just think Converge now were they to announce the underworld which mm. is where hardcore bands typically live yes. in London when they come to the capital that would feel like a, a kind of intimate show very much so that would sell out in a, a heartbeat yeah of course it would yeah, of course yeah. it would so it felt a little bit weird that they gave up their headline spot but basically they both did 50 minutes mm. um, and I the thing is I wouldn't want to follow Converge no never and I mean so last night they were, yeah <laughs> I mean last night Converge were on reliably ferocious form I mean opening with the Eagles become vultures I mean fucking hell like into Dark bent, Horse oh mate into Dark Horse I mean, into the, Under Duress into Concubine if I remember rightly it was, it was I got it here uh, Eagles become vultures Dark Horse Under Duress I can tell you about Pain oh, Concubine yeah, yeah. I actually think that I thought that was why I, I thought Concubine was anyway, but anyway yeah 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 Concubine Hell to Pay fucking oh home, mate home wrecker oh. Eye of the Quarrel Reap What You Sow Cutter Worms, worms will feed yeah. rats will feast. and then th- this is the bit I think that rivals trauma bonds for like moment of the Friday because um, Bannon says we've got one song left and we vowed we'd never practice this song so you've got to help us out because this is the saddest day and it's like you fucking like that, that is the bit that makes me question mm, did they deliberately let Bane go on after them as a kind of like follow that like, I don't think they did. Converge don't seem like that kind of confrontational well, people not. to me, but I don't know. No, 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 but I think any band, like, yeah. it, the, the kind of, there's, there's healthy competition between Of course, between of course, yeah. And I think, like, that, that, that is, that is incredible. I thought, you know, I mean, the, before we even get into, you know, like, the, the fact that, I think you said you were looking at it and um, the t- they didn't play the title track of You Fell Me. They didn't, no. So I was looking at the um, lineups they had done at other festivals. Uh, basically, we got more off Jane Doe. I think there was one song that we didn't get off Axe to Fall and we didn't get the title track of You Fell Me. But we got more Jane Doe and we got uh, The yeah. Saddest Day. So we got four from Axe to Fall, three from Jane Doe, three from The Dusk in Us, which is... You know, like fine, but maybe maybe no would have yeah. I would have swapped either Quarrel Land. I can tell you about pain for title track. You hit, uh, you fail me, and I mean anything off No Heroes. Yeah, Black Cloud. I would have liked from Oh uh, Last Light. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, you know, one from Petition in the Empty Sky, obviously, and one from You Fail Me. Yes. Now, but I mean, this is the issue I found with Converge. As someone who's only seen them twi- well three times now, it's like fifty minutes is not enough, is it? A, 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 an entire headline set at the electric ballroom is not enough they've got no. so many songs i want to see from it every single time but yeah 50 minutes definitely was not enough i mean and so i was chatting with uh to mention him again my mate paddy uh who during the saddest day took a bit of a tumble and hurt his shoulder i know he's feeling it today um he said he was a little bit concerned as to how converge might go down just because they are kind of you know well, not even kind of they are elder statesmen he was like i yeah. wonder if the like the younger lot are really going to go for it and he said he was you know very hot and see that they got a fervent response i mean mm. to be honest mate like surely converge could have done it on their own and they could have had a longer set could have had like an hour 20 or something surely i think that the response they got i mean i think high viz got more response but then they are the local boys and you know that was that was a moment for them yeah whereas this was a converge headline set but yeah. i think they could have headlined on their own and we could have got a few more tracks out of them yeah, but, you know, also, I mean, w- before we get into Bane, which, as a little spoiler, we didn't even watch all of Bane. No. Right? Um, I, 
Converge are incredible. Always. And they always are incredible. Always. 50 minutes and 12 songs is like, a, you know, a pittance for, yes. for, for when you love a band as much as I think both of us fucking love Converge. Like mm. We could make, we could have made a fucking four hour long set list. Of oh, mate. Like, I, they're a band I want to see do an evening with performance, but I think that would be unfair on them and the audience. Yeah. Like. Well, that's the other thing, isn't it? Is that they are... They go so hard. They've been a band since, like, not, what was it, since 1995 and yeah. they still are just like... Jacob Bannon does not stand still. Ja- Jacob Bannon is in his voice is fucking ridiculous. I think his voice has got better over the years. Like genuinely, I think when I when I think back to seeing them on the Jane Doe tour and mm. you know in, and you film me in No Heroes and all those like I was always like oh, you can't always do it live. It's sure. been since pretty much I would say. Uh, I reckon since kind of Axe to Fall, where we, mm. and I think you know if you've listened to our Patreon special with me and Tom talking about Axe to Fall, you'll know. Uh, what I think about that record and, and how kind of important a record it is in their back catalogue. Mm. But also, I think around that point when he kind of stretched himself vocally, I think his voice changed quite a bit. And I think now he sounds even more fucking ferocious, mm. even more kind of yeah. like brutal. And, and like, dude, he's great. I mean, Ben Collar on the drums is fucking insane. Can you imagine feeling an ounce of the happiness that Ben Collar exudes when he's playing drums as well? He just looks like, he makes it look so fucking effortless. He was doing the old fucking stick twirling shit Yeah, as well. well he's got, got a fucking massive grin on his face. It's like, no. mate, like, I'm glad you're happy, like, but you look like you're mutoid man happy at the moment. Like, you look like you're just having the most fun in the world. Like, Yeah, and then you've got uh, Nate Newton. Nate who, Newton, Nate Nate I mean, fuck me. Great. Nate Newton. His scream's the fucking business, isn't it? Yeah. Like, he, in any other band, he'd be the front man. Any other band. He's incredible. And he, then you've got <laughs> the genius of Kurt Ballou. Who hey, is the riff to Dark Horse, like the verse riff in Dark Horse, every time I hear it, it's just fucking, staggering. And his, you know, his bit in um, Worms Will Feed, mm. like, uh, just absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Fucking great. And yeah, when they played The Saddest Day, it was just like, oh shit. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. I've seen, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen them do it before. I can't remember exactly what gig. I mean, I've seen Converge going back. 20 plus years now I've yeah. seen them a lot of times over the years so I've de- I have definitely seen them play that song you will have done you will have yeah. done but yeah there's stuff when he said because when he said we're going to play something now that we haven't we haven't played for ages and we don't, and I was like I wonder what it's going to be I wonder what it's going to be I wonder what it's going to be <laughs> and in my head I was going oh, Locust Rain Locust Rain mm. but I will t- I never even considered it would be the saddest day nah I mean I'm, I'm very happy with that that fucking speed up oh, when, it, when it turns into a Slayer song <laughs> it's so, so good mate good. Yeah. and yeah and they walked off and I was a little bit like shit is that it yeah yeah no come on and yeah. I was like surely that's not it but it was mm. and uh, and then Bane came on now look uh, for the record I am not someone who's particularly au fait with Bane at all I know their reputation and I know that they are kind of a legendary hardcore band and I know people adore them mm-hmm. I really know nothing about them I, all I really know about them is that they kind of did that farewell tour for a couple of years because I've seen a fair bit of Hate Five Six footage of it yeah. that is my only exposure to Bane yeah so I mean Aaron Dalbach used to be in Converge lest we forget like way 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 back in the kind of sands of time and so you know they're a Obviously, they're, they're going to be really tight mm. fucking friends. And Bane have the Bane were a, you know, much like Converge, much like Cave. You know, when you think of how much that little tiny scene in kind of Worcester and in Boston and Massachusetts, mm. how much that ended up, the kind of impact that had on broader music, especially on underground music, in just a very short amount of time with like Jane Doe, Interior Heart Stops. <laughs> And you know it all comes down to this. Yeah. Like, 
it is pretty fucking mad. It that goes is. back like yeah. that's a kind of a, like a local scene producing three, and that's before we even get into like you know Hydra Head and Aaron Turner moving there yeah. and fucking all the other stuff that happened. And it is mad. It is mad that that happened. And when you see those two together, as I've never seen Bane and Converge. Mm play together so I think that was cool I've seen Bane a bunch of times I saw Bane back in the day and I think I said to you so here's the thing right? I I very much like Give Blood their 2001 album sure when that came out I was like this is wicked this is really really great but I didn't love it in the same way as I loved uh, like Under the Radar by Grade mm. or Jane Doe or The Opposite of December or Rock and Roll Killing Machine by Jonah Man or um background music by American Nightmare I didn't love it in the same way I was like oh this they are just another good band they're mm. a band who like ended up being so like massively influential mm. massively massively influential and very very important to the scene but I never had like, I remember you know when I sort of stopped going to gigs at the Astoria and started going to gigs at the Underworld more and would see like Poison the Well or fucking Cave In or, or whoever at the Underworld I remember going to see Bane and it's the gig where I was like, yeah, they were, they were pretty good. That was like, mm. sort of pretty good. Like all the other gigs, I was like, I went to see Boy Says Fire and they were fucking unbelievable. Oh my God, they're incredible. It was the most brilliant thing. Like yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. really get that with Bane. And I do think Give Blood is like a great record. It's probably the only record of theirs I really listened to. Um, when they did that last tour and I went and they Code Orange supported them, mm -hmm. I just walked out being like, fucking hell Code Orange are fucking unbelievable like what a band yeah. and Bane were great as well um, we watched a bit of Bane probably 25 minutes being generous yeah I reckon yeah. so I mean they sounded you know really powerful there was a really good kind of like heft to how they were playing and you know they, they you know clearly fucking meant it they were going for it but in a, a much more stoic way than Converge do well, he, here's the thing so like Sean who we're, we're here with as well mm. um, Sean was like oh I can understand my Bane headline because it'll be more kind of posy sing-along and the bit that we saw they didn't do as much of the kind of really kind of fast sing-alongy more posy stuff they it's actually, really melancholy the yeah, bit they, we saw they yeah. did, it did quite a lot of the kind of and kind of more of the I mean I, when I say doomy I don't mean like they sound like Electric Wizard but they did a <laughs> bit more of the kind of you know more kind of a bit more brooding a bit slower yeah, yeah, so yeah some yeah. of the slower stuff and I was like, so maybe you know could be that they were holding that stuff back but mm. I would have thought going after Converge you want to come on you want to open with a bang yeah and I will say as well Aaron is a fucking great dude right mm. he's, he's fucking like everything they stand for and everything that he stands for and it like you know like he's fucking great unlike the members of Converge he, you know like sometimes there's some bands like I go to see Agnostic I go to see Sick of It All and you go fucking hell they've not changed and that's sure. how I feel about Converge you go and see Agnostic Front and, you know, understandably, because Roger Merritt's had a lot of health problems and stuff, mm. you go and see Agnostic Front and you do go, oh, you know, Roger's kind of lost a little bit of pace. Mm. He's not quite as energetic as he used to be. Yeah. And I sort of felt like that about Bane as well. So I think it was just, that, you know, it was a hard thing. If that had been a warm-up for Converge, and maybe yeah. you could say, like, oh, it felt a bit more special and stuff. But then again, like, when you say, oh, the, the, the kids don't care about Converge, well, do they <laughs> care about Bane? I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah. Like no offense to him, it's just like you know. I mean, and after last night, I'm like, well, I might, you know, I'll listen to Give Blood, but it's like, I don't think they're ever going to be my favourite hardcore band. Yeah. In the, in the way that their reputation sometimes precedes them as being, you know. 
they're just you know they're very very i think they're a very very important band but they're yeah. probably not a band who perhaps a product of their time i think mm, yeah without wanting to sound like an absolute twat I, <laughs> I, mean, I think if yeah. you were to like you know if you watching that set yesterday with no prior knowledge mm. of who they were you probably would have gone oh, what's the big mm. hoo-ha yeah i mean i i know they're I know a fair bit of their prestige and that's kind of it and that's not as someone who is not familiar with the music that's not really enough to carry a set mm. but you know that's my problem you know, they had a good audience they had a, well, a decent a healthy they audience and people seem audience. to be fucking really into it so yeah. great you know yeah, people I mean, are loving the, it you know they got you know there, there are fucking songs that they've got that are just absolute fucking bangers mm. so um, but we but as well I think you know I've been on fucking driving for five hours and I was knackered and after Converge, I'd been sort of shaking my head around. It, and I was just <laughs> like, ah. Yeah. But it was great. But anyway, um, good first day. Very good first day. Good first day. Hey, look, uh, we're about to do day two now. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably do this tomorrow. Come up here tomorrow. We're basically in a bar. There's no one else here. We can yeah. just go and pour ourselves a drink if we want to. I mean, I, d- I wonder if those lines have been cleaned recently. It'd be my only oh, here reservation. Here he is. Oh, Blood here he is. Al Publican. Mar- Al Murray. <laughs> oh, um, what were all there about? Oh, no, that's the other one. Yeah. Pra- yeah. <laughs> a couple of pints of Prava. Um, oh, Praha, we'll, as people we'll, always call it. We'll talk to you about today, tomorrow, and you'll hear it next week. What? Ah! See you later. Igby. Chigby. Chigby. <laughs> right, I'm, uh, we, well, actually, I'm recording. <laughs> We're recording. We're recording. Back in the same room as we were yesterday. The quiet Prava bar upstairs mm. in the depot. In Manchester, what is it? It's like two minutes to 11. So we've got an hour before Zulu come on uh, to open the main straight. Straight? Straight. Stage, more like. Yeah. If, if you hadn't noticed, uh, I'm feeling a little bit, I know Sam, I'll speak for you as well, Sam, feeling a bit rough, feeling quite rough. A little bit. I believe uh, we went for it would be the, uh, the term. Yeah. yeah, we fucking did yeah. um, yesterday. So after we finished off, that little review what you have just heard um we basically just went back downstairs and st- pretty much stayed on the main stage all day yesterday wasn't it uh yeah i don't think i saw anything on the second stage yesterday i went and had a quick look at uh I can't even remember who it was but it was uh, comfortably the smallest crowd that i'd seen anywhere um all weekend but it minute moon or something like that i can't remember but oh, yeah i saw had a t- tiny crowd um they seemed like an odd fit uh, the little bit i saw it seemed quite sort of psych like psych rock kind of thing it was like no, no i um, saw a little not, bit not of tally able oh okay little tiny bit how was that because given we're not going to get a full review of that how was that snippet you saw it was all right i mean it wasn't what i was expecting really i was under okay. the impression that it was uh again my mate luigi shout out luigi said go and uh watch this person they're like kind of really hard south london rap and i was like okay. oh that sounds cool i'll go and do that and actually what we got was quite a kind of ethereal from what the bit that i saw was almost like a sort of ambient ethereal shoegazing Mm-mm. but with quite harsh sounding guitars it was all right okay. I thought. Yeah. it wasn't a bad thing but it was just um not really what i was expecting and i was having some chips no with vegan and mayo. Dips. yeah chips and, dips. Yeah. chips and dips i was a spare boy at my own chips and um that was nice vegan mayo i'll tell you what vegan mayo they good. can do it can't they it's good these days yeah man they can actually do they it nailed it don't think you would notice no 
my girlfriend's cats like mayo and they like chicken nuggets. Corn chicken nuggets, vegan mayo, they <laughs> fooled them. Idiots. <laughs> they haven't got a fucking clue, stupid cats. Couldn't present a meal. <laughs> Couldn't present a <laughs> vegan <laughs> alternative to chicken nuggets and mayonnaise, they idiots. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, before we get into it, kind of individually, bit by bit, yesterday was fucking amazing. It was everything I think the lineup promised it was going to be. I mm. think genuinely. <sighs> So, like, you always have a formative festival when you're growing up. I mean, my first festival was Sonosphere 2010, but I think my kind of formative one was Download 2013. That was, like, my first one going just with, like, mates as a young adult and just having the fucking best time. I think, as we will get into, the back half of yesterday, I think, came perilously close to being a kind of, (laughs) like, all-time high festival day for me. It was just absolutely unreal. Yeah. The last, like, five hours of yesterday. So, yeah. um, I mean, we're probably not going to get a chance to review Glastonbury as much as we maybe would have done on the podcast due to the fact that I'm here. Mm. And I'm not, I haven't really seen much of it on iPlay. I saw a little bit of Arctic Monkeys when I got back to the hotel yesterday. I saw a little bit of Guns N' Roses when I got back to the hotel. I've watched the odd bit here. I've like, watched a little bit of Christine and the Queens. Uh, watched a little bit of uh, Kelis on Friday night. Mm, so I've nice. not seen much of Glastonbury. But I've been in contact with Merlin, as mm. you know, um, our good friend and podcast. Oh, he's not my friend. Not um, him, so <laughs> definitely not. No. <laughs> He's made it very clear yeah, yeah, that yeah. that's not the way that you two <laughs> have a relationship. But um, yeah, basically, Merle was sort of saying to me on the first day when we'd seen Bane and Converge mm, mm. and um, and everything else we'd just spoken about. Uh, he got back to me. He's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I went to see Foo Fighters and then I watched Churches and then I watched Chemical Brothers and I was a little bit like, oh, have we got the booby prize here? Like mm. he's talking about going to see Left Field and." Fatboy Slim and Rina Sawayama and Guns N' Roses and Lizzo and all this stuff. And I was like, fucking, I was like, maybe, you know, we're, we're taking the sort of, the not quite as good option. Mm. I'll tell you what, when we get to the end of the day <laughs> on this day, I genuinely don't think there's anything that I would have swapped out. I don't think there's going to be a better day in, in music in the UK. Ever. This, oh, not ever. This year, I mean. Yeah. I forgot to add that bit in. <laughs> <laughs> I went too hard last night. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely fucking quality. So mm. that's to come. Uh, Candy kicked us off mm. on the main stage. Candy a funny one, aren't they? Because there was quite a lot of hype around them about kind of like five years ago. There was, yeah. And I don't know, I guess... Obviously, COVID has affected a lot of bands in a lot of ways, um, not least of all the economics of touring and playing, but I think also just the the weight that uh, we've had for a lot of material from these younger bands who, who were on a bit of a hot streak, you know, kind of in 2018, 2019. It's like that momentum has all but dissipated for some of them. And I think I think Candy, yeah, bore the brunt of that because I didn't even realise... Is there... The, m- the most recent record is it out yet or is it coming Heaven Is Here is their most recent record which came out last year I don't even out. remember it I don't even remember it coming out and that's not to say that I don't like Candy I just don't remember there being much of a conversation around yeah, it yeah because kind of Good To Feel came out when um, I think I was sort of getting to the end of my time on That's Not Metal honestly. and I remember mm. like thinking I probably went quite hard on that record and it is good I think it's a really good album mm. uh, Heaven Is Here I got sent in advance and I was quite excited about it and then it ended up we d- I didn't ever speak about it or review it on any sort no. of podcasting or for Hammer or anything really um, and I just sort of had forgotten about it and I thought Candy were like you know they're a decent enough main stage opener right decent yeah they blew away the cobwebs definitely I mean they were fucking heavy you know they're really going for it I mean they were playing 
they were they were out for blood, definitely. If you'll uh, pardon the code orange reference, but mm. yeah, I thought they they put in a decent stint. I mean, I think uh, going back to what we uh, mentioned briefly when we were reviewing the Friday, um, I think the re-en- no re-entry policy uh, hurt a lot of the bands earlier in the day compared to what we saw later. So I think yeah. uh, Candy, had they been on later, would would have got a bigger bigger crowd than they got, but. Yeah, I mean, I thought suitably savage in the same way that Zulu are going to be today as we record, you know. I think having those fucking horrendously heavy bands open up, it is a good way to kickstart the festival. I mean, I would like to think Zulu are going to give us a bit more than Candy Games. I think so. I think there is more to what Zulu have done with uh, their debut than what uh, what Candy have done. Well, I've not heard their most recent album, so maybe I'm not in a place to comment, but I feel like yesterday it was, like, it was yeah. you know, heavy hardcore and not loads more to it than that they performed well like they were vicious mm. which if that's what you're after in your hardcore i mean great i think you know the thing that we said and this is why outbreak is different and brilliant and we'll get into sort of why is it like on on the friday it was basically like a few different kind of variations on variations in a theme of on punk a, on yeah. a theme of punk hardcore like melodic hardcore or yeah. metallic hardcore whatever whereas this day you get candy opening up and you're like oh it's more of that thing that we were seeing mm. yesterday had that been the first day and it was the first band on it maybe it would have been a bit more impactful but then that happened and it goes straight into sort of really for me the first time i went yes mm. probably with the exception of high vision converge high vision converge yeah, like yeah. The, certainly the first time i went yes on the, yesterday and it, and by the end of the day this felt like it, a long time had come because i was like oh my god that was really really amazing mm. by the end of the day i'd kind of forgotten <laughs> about it but narrowhead were fucking great they were excellent yeah. really really great i mean moments of clarity is one of my favorite straight kind of guitar albums of the year mm-hmm. i fucking love that record and you know for all the stuff i say and we have said about you know progression and evolution and doing something different and doing something new and you know kind of um uh trying to go into new terrains within music mm. sometimes I just want a band that sound like the 90s. And if you can write songs like Trepanation, Moments of Cl- the Title Track, um, you know, The Real, Fine Day, Caroline, like those songs are fucking great. And that kind of mixture of like, they were much heavier live than, because in my head I'm like, oh, they're a bit like quicksand. Yeah. They're a bit like um, a kind of a more like Deftones meets Slow Dive mm-hmm. sort of thing. But actually there were a few times where they, they got kind of, when I think of, the Deftonesy bits of them, I think more of the sort of almost a Saturday Night Wrist sort mm. of era of Deftones, that kind of not like full blown. There were points where they were kind of adrenaline era yeah. Deftones, heavy, yeah, yeah. like really screamy, harsh, heavy. Um, I mean, when, um, oh, his name escapes me, but when the lead vocalist uh, would put down his guitar and just be like, you know, grabbing the mic with both hands and proper going for it. I mean, yeah, there were points where it was fucking heavy. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah like bloody cape heavy i know obviously yeah. that's on the self-titled but i think you know when they're they, that kind of doomy heaviness that you, yeah i i don't associate with narrow head yeah you know, but i think they, yeah, they nailed it yeah they were really good man they were really really good i thought they were fucking great personally uh and um just big tunes like again, massive yeah. so what we were saying before something else, like cause this is bigger than i believe it has been i mean again we're talking about i think yes yesterday was definitely more full wasn't it there's more people here yesterday. I'm sure. Oh, it was, yeah, it absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Saturday, I, I think. Um, well, by the time I get to Soul Glow, basically, I mean, it was. It made Converge's attendance look pretty paltry, to mm. be honest. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a lot of people. And I think, like, Narrowhead got a pretty 
fucking decent crowd. They did, and especially being on at what, like just after one o'clock? Yeah, it was like... 20 past one? I can't remember. Like, yeah, I can't remember the top, top of my head, but yeah, I mean, everything I was just saying about Camden, the kind of earlier bands maybe suffering. I mean, compared to later in the day, perhaps they still did because mm. of that lack of re-entry, but yeah, it was a, yeah, a healthy crowd and people were fucking loving it. Yeah, and I think as well, so you get kind of Candy who just open it up. Mm. Narrowhead, who I thought were, were like a really great, uh, like the first time I went, yes, here we go, this day is going to be great. Mm. And then in terms of like getting a good crowd and getting a fucking mad crowd reaction, Scout were the band who like properly kicked, kicked it off. Yeah. off. yeah. Now, there's a lot of hype. About around Scout, I mm. saw fucking loads of Scout t-shirts yesterday. Yeah, yeah, loads, yeah, like absolutely loads, and it felt like a bit like High Vis, where you know that there was a sort of a moment when High Vis came on where you were mm. like, "Oh, this feels like something's about to happen. Something yeah, special is going to happen here." People yeah. are going to fucking go pretty fucking wild for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely had that with Scout as well. Uh-huh. Definitely. Like, I don't really know that much about them. I think, you know, like, I've listened to a couple of their songs. I think they're pretty good. Mm. You know, it's, again, it's a, a, a form of melodic hardcore, but I think this time with an actual, that kind of riot girl, punk singer. Like, I, I don't know the young lady who fronts them's name. I'm not sure of her name either, but I tell you what, she has got some serious uh, star appeal, hasn't she? She yeah. can command the stage and looks fucking cool doing it as well. I mean, the, the luminous green hair with the tartan jacket, like, it looked fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that there will be people who, you know, only came for Bane yesterday who would say it's a bit posery, but it's like, well, I quite like watching bands who actually kind of capture my attention visually as well as musically. Uh, and also they had, they had both. I mean, again, another one, I think, because you get later in the day, it sort of pales in comparison, but I thought they were very, very strong indeed. And like you say, I mean, had a bit more of a, a modern sound, a modern feel to them. Mm. And I'll tell you what, mate, it was really noticeable at that point that, and kind of a consistency across the day a younger and more excitable crowd, I think, yeah. for the whole of the Saturday compared to the Friday. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I, it was really, really good. And she has got, like, um, there's very much a, like, I mean, the, the kind of, <laughs> on Twitter now, it's like people will go fucking mad if you compare anyone to Hayley Williams, right? <laughs> compare anyone to Hayley Williams. She reminds me more of a Dame Nellie Melba, <laughs> talking yeah, about female, uh, female-fronted musicians. Yeah, yeah. she's like... Um, <laughs> female-fronted musicians. The, the, the Vera Lynn of hardcore. <laughs> So like people do get, but sometimes that is a valid comparison. Yes, and I think Hayley Williams is an incredibly influential artist. Yeah, Yeah. and for a young girl playing punk music, Mm. uh, you would suspect that she is aware of Hayley Williams and is probably inspired by Hayley. So I don't think it's like in this instance, like you know, some people are allowed to (laughs) to be compared to Hayley Williams. And I think like she did have, you know, she she certainly haven't seen Paramore this year and seen the way she kind of carried herself. Mm. Um, And uh, I think it's quite similar. I would also add in that. She's got more kind of old school punk vibes to as well. A real kind of snarl to her performance, I would say. More kind of accurately, if we're going to take the Hayley Williams thing away, it was more like kind of sort of the love child of Iggy Pop and (laughs) polystyrene. Like, you know, she's wearing the tartan. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought they were really good. Mm. I thought they were really good. Uh, It's something which I looked at. There's not many things that I go, oh, I can imagine, that played at this festival where I'm like, oh, I can imagine you kind of crossing over to a Reading and Leeds crowds are kind of you know a, 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 down, a down not really a down a crowd, but certainly a slam dunk crowd oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I think so you know get them on the Impericon stage something like that I mm. think they'd go down like an absolute storm yeah yeah definitely they they were good they were really really good uh, then I nipped off to try and I did so I did an interview with a band 
yesterday. Who will remain nameless? Who will remain nameless? Mm. I'm sure you probably know. <laughs> you could probably put it together. Well, uh, yes, Steve went off to conduct his interview, earning some money. Mm. Got to keep the lights on somehow. I have, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but while you did that, I watched Fury. Um, and to be honest, uh, I mean... I saw like one song. Sure. I mean, probably didn't need to see much more. I think Fury, they were, you know, they were very proficient at what they did. And what they did was a fairly sort of thrashy, meat and potatoes, hardcore. Like, it was good fun. Um, and they're clearly, you know, diehards. You know, they're lifers for this. Um, mm. Dedicated assault to Riley Gale, which obviously is always going to go down well because yeah, rightly right. people fucking adore Power Trip and the legacy that Riley has left behind. Um, they had a really cool muscular sound and if you wanted to be battered by a bass drum they absolutely fulfilled that um but fury did mark a point for me where i was thinking i am really glad that the rest of the weekend is not just going to be bands like this like i'm looking forward to seeing some more really fucking heavy stuff and some more punk stuff today or you know punk in the conventional sense but by the end of fury set i did think i'm glad that i'm about to see armed hammer and get something completely different and didn't we just get something completely different? So I came back just as Arm and Hammer were coming on. Now I spoke about seeing Arm and Hammer uh, last year. I went to see them at XOY, XOYO, XO, XO, whatever that venue was. Yeah, XOX was in in London. The XX. And saw them with the XX. XOYO, XO. Yeah, and I saw Co Coyo as well. And um, oh yeah, about Coco. Go and on. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, I thought that it was a bit um, ramshackle. I suppose would be a, a maybe charitable way of putting it. You you were saying that like you know they'd sort of press play on their laptop or iPad or whatever and kind of go, oh, well, we're doing this one now. It, yeah, it sounded it a little bit haphazard. It was just a bit, yeah, it was just sort of very low energy mm. and very sort of like it felt like they just kind of came along. They say press play and then they would do the thing and they weren't. And I was like, I'm hoping that they don't do that mm. again here because I think that they'll struggle. Like that was in a club of like 200 people. Yeah, this is uh, a venue of about 10, or well, probably like seven, eight thousand people. I'd say, I'd say, yeah, seven, yeah, seven to eight. Um, and well, I suppose also that club of 200 people is people who are there just for Arm and Hammer, yeah. whereas they're playing to a festival crowd. Yeah, like, who yeah. didn't really seem to know who they were. No, um, I mean. For me, the thing, the thing I was immediately struck by, and I don't know what I was expecting, but Billy Woods didn't look like I expected him to. I don't know quite what I thought he was going to look like, but I've never, I've never seen what he looks like before. I've mm. only ever seen the kind of deliberately distorted images and kind of mm. pixelated face. Um, my God, he is so cool. He's got such, cool. a, such an imposingly kind of suave presence yeah. about him, and he was fantastic. Um, I was so pleased when they got to the end of... Um, I think it was the second song because uh, the first track uh, was Elucid fronting it. Who mm. um, he was? I thought he was a really good performer. He had a really, he had a really nice tone to his voice and a really good sense of flow. But honest, when Billy Woods came out, yeah, I mean, he did pale in comparison. Basically, when Billy Woods was fronting a song, it was like, yeah, this is this is what everyone's yeah. here for. And by the end of Billy Woods' first song, so they were basically trading back and forth for a lot of it. By the end of that second song, people fucking loved it, and I was so relieved because I did mm. think this is the point where we're going to see. <laughs> if the internet does actually exist in real life and people are just going to boo it because it's not hardcore. And to be fair, I did uh, I did pop to the loo during Arm and Have a Set, so I uh, wandered through the standing area and then I came back round uh, behind the front standing and there were a few people kind of arms folded, sneering and, you know, kind of going, mm -hmm, look at this hip-hop rubbish. But Was it Bruce Forsyth? Nice to see you and all that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought they got a really good reception and... 
I think actually, despite Billy Woods, you know, understandable acclaim, I think it was good for them to be on at that time because I think more than half an hour would have been taxing. It was it was a dense performance. There was not much by way of conventional percussion. It was it was a very very ambient kind of yeah. free form kind of thing. Well, but, this is yeah. this is the thing, isn't it? That, like I think Haram, the album that came out in twenty twenty one, that was the sort of first thing I listened to. That production by the Alchemist mm. makes everything pop a bit more. Yeah. Uh, if you go back and listen to other stuff, they are it's very kind of lo-fi low energy mm. kind of quite tightly wound dense um slow paced hip-hop and it was a point where people tried to kind of get a little mini circle pit going in the front it's like it just doesn't really work like that and seeing them before i was i was a bit like oh you know like they just come with this club and they look like they're just kind of making it up <laughs> as they go along and they had the same sort of vibe but they, you know because it's it was very low energy yeah very yeah, yeah, very yeah, yeah, low yeah. energy and i think the difference between a lucid and billy woods mm, again it's gonna sound like i'm slagging a lucid off and i'm not really but like you know when one of them was doing something the other one just went back to the back of the stage and they weren't yeah. really, they weren't kind of particularly engaging with the crowd it's all very kind of it's all very kind of insular isn't mm, it? All mm. of it's very kind of insular it's all very kind of quiet and well, you know, I mean Billy Woods would be crouched just in front of the drum kit the, yeah. the, the, the well the I mean the soul glow we're going to use to be yeah. honest yeah, like, yeah. yeah the sort of back line you know he wasn't engaging while uh, Lucid was up the front at all yeah and but Billy Woods has just got this intensity to mm. him and I think he's also got this fucking like amazing his flow's fucking amazing yeah he's, okay. he's just he has a kind of charismatic intensity to him that I think Lucid comes across all right on record but maybe doesn't come across quite so well live I thought it was you know it was what it was having listened to them more now since you know I saw them last time mm. I was like okay well they're not really meant to be pit start it's not pit starting kind of no. you know wave your hands in the air no no, 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 no definitely not at all, is it? So I mean it was it was definitely a bold choice to have them kind of transition from fury into the kind of the rest of the day but I think you know Go hard or go home, as they say. Go hard or go home. Um, I then spent an hour with in the company of uh, Jamie and Reeve. Oh, you said it now. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I miss Mike. It's uh, a because I'd just been listening to him before I came up here, and I was I was quite keen to see him. That's why I tried to move that interview. Fair, fair. Um, I did see Mike, um, and to be, I think Mike, um, if you were watching Arm and Hammer and you were missing that audience interaction and a bit of, um, I don't know, something kind of tangible to grasp onto I think Mike delivered that mm. in a set of two halves he delivered that when he was performing but there was a lot of um, pissing about shall we say mm. um, which I think is a very harsh way of putting it I think maybe I was just in the wrong headspace to have someone doing so much kind of upbeat positive audience interaction I mean, he did it well and he was clearly absolutely loving it but I mean the first sort of well I think it was probably only two minutes but it felt like the first five minutes of his set was him thanking uh the sound engineers, the lighting engineers, you know, as you should, but maybe hurry it up a little bit, then thanking the audience and then thanking some of the other artists and then all the other bands. Yeah. It was like, mate, I would quite like you to actually get on with it at this point. Mm. But when he did, uh, he had this real kind of joyful energy to him, um, just beaming from ear to ear. I mean, him and Ben Collar are the two happiest people I've seen on stage <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. Probably while they get on, similar. Yeah, um, yeah it was... Um, it was an engaging set for the most part, and I think when he was doing the, when he had the more sort of soulful backing and the brass stuff, uh, it felt quite elegant. And then when it was going a little bit more dub towards the end, it felt a bit more intense, a bit more kind of <laughs> confrontational. Is probably not the right word, but it's the only word that's kind of come into mind. And I think it felt a little bit more 
suitable for outbreak. So I think the back half of his set, things really got going and um, he, he got a great reaction. Like I think Armand Hammer, like, I was relieved to see the reaction they got. Mike's reaction was like brilliant. This is the rest of this weekend is going to be absolutely fine. People are fully in on board with this. They yeah. don't care if there's a guitar on stage or not. They just want to see some good music. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Beware of the Monkey that came out last year is the album that I listened to mm. of his, and I thought it was really, really good. And I did think to myself, like, you know, th- this has got certainly got more energy than Arm and Hammer. I mean, I definitely had more energy. I mean, yeah, there, were, there was percussion that people could actually sort of move to, which I think helped a lot. Mm. Helped win a lot of people around. Um, and he's he's got a great voice. Like he's got a beautiful kind of tone yeah. to his voice and his flow. Um, quite sort of lackadaisical, I thought, uh, on stage, but in a quite endearing way. Mm. You know, quite laid back, but very <laughs> a weird professionalism to his kind of laid backness. Good. Yeah. Well, I was pretty annoyed I missed that. But oh, I think you would have liked it more than me, to be honest. I, I enjoyed it, but I don't know. Maybe I was just in the wrong mood. I was just like, come on, do the bloody songs. Yeah. Do one enough. we know. Um, Soul Glow came on after that, and this is where shit gets really, really ridiculous. Yeah, well, I mean, mate, even before Soul Glow came on, so you got there just as they started their first song. Um, before that, they were they were doing their line check and screaming into their mics, and people were fucking shrieking back at them. And I turned to Sean, and I was like, mate, it's going to kick off, isn't it? This is going to fucking kick off. And as he said, well, they've all had two sets where they couldn't really get on stage. They're going to make the most of it now. And they fucking did, mate. They had a bigger crowd than Converge, I think. They did. They had a bigger crowd than Bane. Yeah. It was fucking heaving mm-hmm. in there and it was just beautiful to see because I mean that band are fucking great they are fucking brilliant and you know Diaspora Problems what we've spoken about endlessly mm. since it's come out is an amazing record it's an amazing record and you know, I think again, I might have reviewed them I think I reviewed them when they played in London we both played in London didn't we? <laughs> we actually didn't uh, I believe it was the week of what ended up being the first True Cult pop. Um, and after we recorded, you sent me WhatsApp and said, we didn't review Soul Glow. And I was like, right. shall I come back and we can review it and put it in? You said, nah, leave it, whatever. Like, yes, so, okay, <laughs> well, let's make up for that. So sorry and, about that. But they were really good. I mean, yeah. they're really good in London. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking like all the kind of the extra kind of um, accoutrements that they have uh, in their sound live, they just kind of strip them away and go, mm-hmm. nope. This is just going to be. We are going to be just this fast, ferocious fucking punk rock band, mm-hmm. and they are. And yes, it means they sound like you know fucking Bad Brains and DC Hardcore mm-hmm. and early eight like Minor Threat and fucking the Teen Idols or whatever. They definitely do all of that, uh, but they've just got. They just look fucking. They look so cool. So cool. I mean, Pierce Jordan just what a commanding presence. Even kind of almost reluctantly so. Like he does it. <laughs> He doesn't showboat, does he? He doesn't look no. like he wants all the eyes on him, but it kind of <laughs> you can't help but stare at him. Yeah. When he's just absolutely shredding his throat, screaming at you. Yeah. And even when he, you know, I mean, him doing dripponomics into um, <laughs> Gold Chain Punk at the end, absolutely unreal. Yeah, and uh, Gigi Guerra, who's mm. a guitarist who had, like, it, again, it's one of the fucking coolest looking dudes I've seen. Yeah, big the big hoop earrings. Hoop earrings, Brilliant. pink afro, mm. um, like a guitar slung solo, just kind of striding around the stage. And like, during Drippinomics, when um, there was stuff coming from the sample pad, literally just fucking windmilling his guitar around yeah. in, his, in his right hand, like, you know, brilliant. You got to the point, I mean, when we get to fucking the end of the set and it's, who got me in my <laughs> But which went on for like 10 minutes after they went off stage yeah. everybody it felt like half of the crowd got on stage and yeah. Pierce was like 
lying <laughs> behind them, lying on the floor behind them. Just right, mate, by the monitors, gonna, yeah. You're going to fucking get trampled on, and they didn't. And it was another one of those, everybody gets on stage, and mm. then there's a load of people getting on top of the people that are on stage, and it just went, it just fucking went off. Mm-hmm. Man, they, they were amazing. It was so good to see. It was so good to see them get, like... A really, really great reaction because the thing is, is I did think to myself, like, you know, you know what hardcore kids can be like sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what hardcore crowds can be like. They just want the kind of the meat and potatoes hardcore. Yeah, they all go yeah. mad for, you know, a band like, for example, like some of the bands we were talking about yesterday or Candy or whatever, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they will go fucking mad for that. But when it's something a bit more kind of esoteric and a bit more, you know. Mm, kind of crossover a bit more blended a bit kind of odder they might be like well, this, this, this isn't hardcore but nah, no quite the opposite they got just fucking killed it absolutely mm-hmm. killed it absolutely it was great fucking brilliant uh, and a w- a kind of a world away from that Boston Music Room show we saw as well it's yeah. like well, in that short time yeah well to be fair I mean it was sold out but it's the Boston Music Room was it sold out yeah there was no one there until about two minutes before they started I didn't really feel like it was very full at all they re- well allegedly sold out I mean, I've seen that place sold out for like okay. Turnstile and, or Curb Dog actually played there and that was sold out. Yeah, fair. Okay. Well, allegedly sold out, but I mean, yeah, in what, um, nine months, you know, mm-hmm. they've gone from that to 7,000 people, like yeah. being absolutely rabid. Got like. it actually, because they played in Southampton and I was going to go and see them and it was the same night as Rancid, so they played this week and I fucking missed it. They played in London as well, but I just couldn't really justify mm. going to London. Um, yeah, man, like what a fucking great band. And it would be a hard act to follow if you weren't just the fucking heaviest thing <laughs> on the planet. I mean, Jesus Peace works. I've never seen Jesus Peace. I've before. never seen him. No. And like Sean, again, who we're here with, was like, you will shit yourself he, at how fucking heavy that band are. He also them. rightly said that Aaron is like the most intense and ferocious looking musician to take to a stage in years. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you would <laughs> you would not want to get on the wrong side of him. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, their recent album, So Unknown, that came out in April. Mm. And I haven't actually listened to it since about a week since it came out. Yeah. Uh, but I guess I just didn't really fancy it. But I mean, Only Self, the album that came out in 2018, that's when I remember being like, oh, yeah. I fucking really like this band. They're fucking great. And I sort of hadn't really thought about them so much. But yeah, like that guitar tone is crazy. Rushing, mm. his vocals are brutal. I mean, again, a, a kind of a band who it is just hard, like they they are just like pure fucking. This is just like meta- really kind of crossovery metallic, gutturally yeah, heavy yeah, yeah. hardcore, but they're just so good. Almost a power violence like intensity to how heavy those guitars sound as well. It's just like metallic, like just fucking like <laughs> steel beams landing on you. Yeah unbelievable like they were great and again like chaos yeah i mean where where soul glow everyone jumping on stage for gold chain punk to like fucking scream each other i mean during g's piece set it was like all the stereotypes of people fucking spin kicking and crowd killing each other on stage and yet like aaron standing in the middle and you felt like if if you dared swing a fist into him you would not be you'd be leaving in an ambulance some bloke bumped into some bloke bumped into like pushed into him he was stood on stage screaming, kind of doubled uh, over. And some guy just put, pushed into him, who like was quite a kind of big dude, mm. and he didn't even budge. No. And then you're just like, wow, you're literally like made out of fucking titanium <laughs> or something. I swear I saw a fist go into his chest at one point while he was screaming, and like, like Houdini, like, didn't move. Yeah. Well, that killed Houdini, didn't it? In the end. And that's yeah. why Aaron's better. So. <laughs> yeah, 
definitely. Yeah. They were great. Um, I then uh, took it. I, I, I was fucked up. I mean, let, we should say as well. I, I, what was I thinking wearing? Uh, Why did you wear jeans yesterday, mate? jeans yesterday. You idiot. shorts on the, the rainy day. I'm a moron. Uh, so I was <laughs> fucking hot. So I was like, do you know what? Machine girl, I'm going to take a fucking, I'm just going to take a little mm. dip out of this because uh, it, it, it is so hot. I mean, it's arguably, when you come upstairs and you're out on the roof. So we're up on the roof in the press area at the moment. Uh, and it's it's hot. Like we're in this fucking greenhouse thing. Yeah. It's fucking hot. And it's fucking boiling indoors. And uh, you kind of would... Uh, as well but you would go in to be like oh I'm actually getting a bit of air yeah. because it's actually like a big kind of metal thing it feels a bit cooler but then but that, that not when there's sweat dripping off the ceiling gone, mate that had gone by the time it gets to like soul glow it mm. was really packed out it was like fucking mad hot yeah. so I miss Machine Girl but you saw them I did I stayed for Machine Girl um, the f- very very harsh to say the kind of fly in the ointment but they are the only reason that i think the run from soul glow to the end of the day is not the greatest festival lineup i've ever seen machine girl were good but they were in a company of four of the best sets i've ever seen at a festival um you know their kind of digital hardcore thing um is definitely not going to be for everyone i thought um the crowd was slightly thinner than it was for jesus peace i mean i think jesus peace the kind of buzz around them to that point was like they've just stolen the weekend um and yeah it did it did drop off a little bit for machine girl i think the energy dropped off a little bit there were still some fucking absolutely diehard people down the front um it was very very uh well produced as you would expect it to be but it did feel a little bit like well if i want the kind of you know harsh electronic two-piece thing like lightning bolt might have done just as well even though their songs are like three times as long so Maybe that would have been a bit much, but Machine Girl, they were all right. They were all right by comparison to the stuff around them. It was a bit of a shame that they got that book, and I think, um, I think they they would have gone got on better if they'd have been on before Soul Glow. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. But they're a bigger draw. Did they get as big a crowd as the other two that we'd just spoken about? No, no, it was, it was yeah. slightly thinner than g right. Not Not loads thinner. Um, I mean, weirdly, you know, as, as we are about to talk about Code Orange, I'd say there are more people at Machine Girl than there were at the start of Code Orange. I thought it took a few, a couple of songs for Code Orange's crowd to kind of get to the level I expected it to. Mm. Um, yeah, Machine Girl, uh, maybe 6,000 compared to Soul Glow, sort of seven, seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's just move on then. Yeah. Um, okay. It's been five years yep. since Code Orange played in the United Kingdom. A lot of cancellations, mm. a lot of... Uh, stuff that they couldn't do due to covid mm-hmm. you know they did a lot of live streaming stuff i've spoken about underneath a lot i like that quite like underneath as well <laughs> yeah. yeah um never seen them play any of that stuff live. no it's their f- well, first uk show since the release of underneath which is yeah. mental to think you know yeah. that was your birthday that was your 40th birthday i know mate. it's fucking <laughs> ridiculous i mean that should be that long ago but anyway um Code Orange coming out to a Shania Twain song mm. with Taxi Driver playing in the background. Um, they were, for me, the first band of the weekend that felt not like a hardcore band, but like an actual professional, big, touring, monolithic, heavy rock band. I'm not even going to call them a hardcore band or even a metal band, but like a mm-hmm. sort of heavy rock band. Mm-hmm. It looked like all, you know, all of the touch points of stuff that we mentioned before about when we talk about things that Code Orange do, the the, the, the Slipknots or the 
the, the corns or the, the nine, nine inch, inch nails, nails yes the visual and, accompaniment and like i think that. was a, a big thing that set them apart let alone the quality of the music i think that the appearance of the whole thing like mm. it yeah and they sounded fucking ferocious yeah and it just to me it felt like okay well this is the difference between a bunch of people in t-shirts playing chunky hardcore mm. and a band who are who have been touring with System of a Down and Slipknot and Corn and bands like that. It is just a completely different thing. Now, you might be sitting there going, yeah, but you know what? That's the beauty of hardcore. I don't want those bands mm-hmm. to be like a this and that and the other. And it's like, that's fair enough. That's cool. But you know, like there are plenty of bands to do that. I'm excited. I don't think Code Orange, well, I think because of how broad Outbreak's becoming, I think Code Orange will yeah. always be kind of part, and they're always going to be part of hardcore because of that's who they are yes but at the same time i genuinely think they have they have gone beyond that now yeah definitely and that set was fucking outrageous no barrier again you're like oh you're gonna see code orange without a fucking barrier doing that without a barrier like jamie it's the first time i've seen him as a front man i think last time i spoke to him in person i said i was like how many gigs have you done as a front person not playing the drums um, and he was like, none, I hadn't done any. Yeah. And then fucking COVID happened. And he's had to learn how to do that. Without he, an audience. Yeah, and yeah. he's a great fucking frontman. Oh, fantastic. A fucking great yeah. frontman. So commanding, so energetic. Um, and like you said, there's that professionalism to him. It's just like, like a frontman who's been doing it so many years, for longer than he's even been alive, to be honest, mate. Like it is kind of I don't know depressing to think that I'm older than the members of Code Orange and it's like fucking no, I'm, out. O- I'm older than probably two of them put together I would imagine well yeah to be fair probably yeah. <laughs> I mean you are old but yeah mate I mean absolutely brilliant I think it was weird that um, My World uh, the penultimate song almost felt like a concession to the audience it was like no like, here's your hardcore song the rest of it was like no this is a kind of <laughs> we're ready to get into arenas as soon as fucking possible and we've got the sound and the look to to back it up let alone the tunes yeah i mean you know like joe on bass is still the thing about them is, is that, that even when they become like kind of slick and polished mm-hmm. right? like they're kind of they're, they're, they're borderline i not even borderline they were they were slick they were like a fucking slick they were like a machine i mean right? i did think to look at them actually like looking at <laughs> I know, you know, it shouldn't really be about aesthetic, but looking at Joe and Shade in particular, it's like, yeah, you look, I don't know, you kind of look like you've smartened yourselves up a little bit, like in a, in a, in a hardcore framework. And that, that's not a criticism or necessarily a compliment. It's just, I did notice it was like, yeah, you look, look like a rock band, like you say. Mm. It doesn't look like they're going to be playing sort of scuzzy basement shows. You know, they're not going to play house parties, are they? They're going to play the fucking O2 Academies. Yeah, and... You know, they they were they sounded massive. Like some of those, I mean, bleeding in the blur yeah. still always sounds absolutely massive. Swallowing like the rabbit hole, amazing, the hole fucking incredible. Like they did almost like um, kind of re- the reimagined, remixed versions of like the title track of underneath, for example. They did, and I think if I was going to have one very, very, very minor criticism, it would be that I would have liked to have heard the straight version of Underneath before hearing that just because we've Never not seen it. any of those songs yeah. live. But that is the only thing that I could even come close to criticising the set for. Yeah. But again, it's like, it's no compromises. No. no fucking, like, they, they do what you, they want you to. You don't get what you want. But at the same time, you know, like, it was this, I just thought it was this absolutely fucking perfect, brilliant mix of, like, massive 
I don't want to say tropes because trope sounds like it's kind of like an, an insult, but like mm. kind of all the best things about big rock shows mixed with like this fervent hardcore intensity, and mm. that's what I love about Code Orange. Yep. I love the you know like I said before, I love the ambition. I love it. It's what I said about you know about Avenge before. Obviously, Avenge have gone on to do it, which isn't a huge band, and Code Orange thus far haven't. But I just think it's it, I, I can't understand why. It, why or how that wouldn't happen because that was so good mm-hmm. it was so good. it's the best time i've seen them in fact they said like we saw jamie afterwards and he was like i think that might be the best show we've ever played in history as a band yeah it was and easily the best time i've oh, seen them it was easily unbelievable it was so brilliant it was so good that i turned around to you at the end of it <laughs> and i was like they should have been headlining this is like this is this is a problem mm. because that was every inch the headline set uh, it absolutely was it absolutely was um and i think there are very 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 few bands who could follow code orange on the run of form they're on at the moment mm-hmm. but the one that did is one of the few that can yeah i mean th- this was i mean look, th- this last this one two at the end code orange and death grips i tweeted i was like you won't see it i genuinely am not sure i've ever seen a harder <coughs> one two back to back than code orange and death grips they just complemented each other really perfectly yeah. they were like code orange were fucking staggeringly brilliant and i thought ooh. but then as soon as death grips started as soon like, as they came out holy fucking fuck i think i think you're right they were a brilliant complement to each other it, it, in some sense it's kind of like a co-headline Mm. slot like the two of them because they it both they both more like a co-headline than Bane and Converged did to me. it definitely did and I think that they complemented each other so brilliant because where Code Orange did have the look and the bells and whistles um, let alone that kind of muscularity I mean Death Grips you know they didn't sound weedy but so really sparse yeah. so stripped down and yeah I mean they just play like I've, I've watched a lot of uh, <laughs> I guess you could say scene footage You've of, seen of, of Death Grips online uh, I've watched a lot of live performances of theirs and they just play they just like they come on and the music does not stop until they're ready to go um, I think that might yesterday's one of the few times Death Grips have ever had to stop during a set I think someone got uh, injured during a song so they did have to you know, have a brief pause um, but so unrelenting and just monolithically heavy and the fact that there was no production there was a big orange glow behind ready orange and the band just backlit and I'm such a sucker for a backlit band ever since I first saw My Sugar and it was just these silhouettes in front of me I was like every band should look like that yeah. but now I've seen Death Grips like no one else should look like that, that that's their thing now they, yeah, they, just these kind of it, <laughs> horrifying silhouettes I mean MC Ride like, I don't need to see the expression on his face or the kind of convulsions of his body to know that he was out to hurt people yeah and it just like it, th- their music is so oppressive yeah. and propulsive and relentless Meshuggah is actually like a pretty good comparison mm. because I don't think I think Meshuggah are obviously like more kind of obviously technical yes than De- but Death Grip just hit they hit you with all these kind of like weird electric like the beat the beat is mm. just like so kind of you, you can't we were go, we were stood up on the kind of you know the, the viewing platform yeah we were in the, the wanker bit yeah, the yeah, wankers yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were losing like by the end of the night I was drenched in sweat Mate. we weren't even going the mosh, in the mosh no. bit but I saw the pit all the way back it was just people going fucking bananas well I mean when we were walking out like leaving the venue this bloke just stood next to me just went we just saw Death Grips I was like mate it was amazing wasn't it he just went we just saw Death Grips it's like wow you, you've had a good time haven't you uh, 17 but. song set list of System Blower to start I mean even when they did they just encored like 10 seconds 
uh, they're not on song called they, they like sound check right they, all <laughs> they, they you thought they'd started they sound check with 10 seconds of guillotine and yeah. then and then they walked off and it was like it was it was not until they started system blow I was like I just genuinely don't know if Death Grips are still going to play tonight because they are yeah. notorious for just fucking like fucking it off yeah. at the last minute and when they came out and did 10 seconds of guillotine and walked off I was like Oh, oh is that it? Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, Please don't let that be it. One more song. Yeah. It's <laughs> great. And then yeah. yeah, so we get System Blower. I mean, outrageous to drop. I've seen footage. So that like I was just like, oh my, because we've yeah, been walking yeah, yeah. around all day just going. I've seen. I've seen footage. I've seen footage. And I for one believe it. I for one believe him. He says he's seen footage. And uh, <laughs> to drop that second, I mean, we just we went, went bananas. Bananas, yeah, and yeah. it basically didn't really drop I mean I would say System Blow was fucking massive so I oh, yeah, well. yeah. but like I've seen footage spread eagle across the block I break mirrors with my face in the United States uh, take you on get got which is oh, mate. amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you might think he loves you etc etc no love hustle bones BB poison inanimate sensation guillotine death grips online blackjack bad people giving good ideas and Bonnie the fever mate the fever I was I don't I, I don't think I've two steps that hard yeah. in my life to I was going and absolutely just, mental and, and they just walked off didn't they they just left yeah and they, they, they probably they had seven minutes left as well yeah but they, well this is it they're just like we well, don't care we're finished now we, we've done it we've done what we want to do because <laughs> we, I was like that can't be it and, and uh, some of the guys we were with was like yeah that is it there is absolutely no way death grips are coming off for a fucking on no way like, no, 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 no. they're not going to do the fucking it. adult uh, peekaboo are they yeah I mean six songs for the money the money stores obviously for me that's the one like, I think ex-military is fucking great as well like, yeah, fucking I, great like, yeah I would say those great. two are the two for me to be honest I think they're both classics in their own right yeah uh, my, but Money Store is certainly I mean it's the first it's one the biggest to, one so it's the biggest one yeah. it's the one I was like oh all the bangers yeah. and like to get six songs off of Money Store was fucking amazing yeah. I mean, like, but everything the whole way through it was just it was so intense so intense and I think Zach Hill's live percussion as well it's like oh, fuck yeah, me amazing. how do you have the stamina for that like MC Ride didn't stop it, he didn't stop five minutes there were moments where like he would do sort of little drum kind of drum fill solos to sort of transition between songs it's like it's like watching a scene from Whiplash yeah. Like the end yeah, of Whiplash, yeah. but in the middle of a Death Grips concert it's I mean, like say, fucking unreal I say he didn't stop I mean, it's the only time of the entire weekend where the security have had to go this is getting a bit much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if you'd seen Soul Glow, or if you remember like how it went, kicked off for high viz. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what I mean? Like how it was going fucking mad for Converge, and, and Code Orange. Like the only time they actually had to go, this is getting a little bit out of hand. Mm. Was during Death Grips. And I mean, this is not. Do you know what I mean? This is not like Reading and Leeds or you know the kind of fourth stage at download no. they go oh guys you know oh, it's getting, getting a bit leery down there like, yeah. you know we've got we've got venom, someone threw a water bottle we've a got venom ago. prison playing and yeah. the rest of it's just kind of like you know people in deck chairs or yeah. like indie kids on the carousel or whatever it's like no no every single band has had circle pits mm-hmm. iron fists stage divers people getting up on stage people like beating the shit out of each other at no point has it stopped apart from death grips yep. apart from death grips it was like even for outbreak death grips were like a bit much. A bit dangerous, yeah. <laughs> it was fucking great. Honestly, mate, I think um, I saw The Armed at 2000 Trees in 2019 and it was so bewildering and took me aback. And I was just like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen at a festival. 
I think Death Grips might have taken that crown. I think that's the best festival set I've ever seen. It was fucking unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Incredible. And those two, I, I find it really difficult to, I suppose I've seen Code Orange before, I wasn't like, oh my God. And also, because Code Orange was so incredible, as I expected them to be, yeah. I did go, well, oh, Death Grips going to be able to, you know, I was like, Death Grips will be intense, but will there be that level of intense? Mm and oh you fool steve yeah, they yeah. were fucking unbelievable and it made me think to kind of stretch it all the way back it made me go love to see lizzo and guns and roses back to back not more than that though not no. more than that that was fucking just that's yeah. as good as live music gets really oh, isn't mate. it i mean it's a completely different type of thing and it depends what you want it yeah what you, you know like it, it's i mean forget Guns N' Roses like it's compared to like you know comparing Death Grips to Lizzo it's like <laughs> comparing fucking you know like a a, a, a big s- strawberry sundae to a fucking you know a, <laughs> razor a, blade a, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah or like, well I was going to say like a, an incredibly expensive like um, uh, spirit do you know what I mean like right. a really really expensive whiskey or something that actually makes Death Grips sound more kind of cultural classy yeah, yeah, yeah. probably more like you know a fucking big fucking a pint of old Irish beer uh, but, <laughs> beamish <laughs> but you know they are just completely different things just yeah. completely different things and uh, there's room for both of them definitely definitely but yesterday I was like in the mood to because it's the only day that I didn't have to take my car yeah so I had a couple of beers as well. Pints, 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 pints. Sips, sips, sips. Yeah, and yeah. we went fucking bananas yeah um, so I'm fucking I'm feeling it a bit today oh I? mate I feel battered feel fucking bad but yes that was that was really good yeah how good was yesterday it's a lot to live up to for uh, today. Yeah. <laughs> almost almost a worryingly high bar for anyone's clear i mean I, I i wouldn't be upset if the weekend peaked with death grips but at the same time it's like i don't know if anyone's gonna come close yeah i mean we got zulu on in 20 minutes as we sit here now. Uh, yeah i mean everything we're gonna see today i'm sure will be various shades of excellent as yeah, well speed, but yeah show me the body little ugly mane loathe um, trapped under know, ice yeah, Denzel Curry ice. obviously it's going to be really yeah, good yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing turnover as well I know mm-hmm. Uh be interesting to see how because stuff like I mean Denzel Curry you know reviewed at Reading and you're about to hear what I think about him in a second but um, El Sweatshirt obviously is going to have the similar sort of thing I think to sort of Arm and Hammer where it's a bit mm. more kind of low energy and all that kind of stuff so that will be interesting to see how that goes down yes I think today <laughs> Overall, I mean, obviously we have got lows in the middle there, but overall I think it is going to be a more relaxed day. I think the vibe is going to be um, a little bit more mellow, and I think everyone's going to need that after yesterday. Yeah. But anyway, you're about to hear what we think about it, because it's going to happen right now. We're going to go and watch Zulu. Yeah. All right. See you later. Oh, here we are, back in civilization. So we decided not to record straight after the end of Denzel Curry yesterday, which is what we were initially going to do. Would have been horrific, quite frankly. Oh, it would have been (laughs) fucking horrific, yeah. I feel pretty tired, to be honest. Um, But it is the morning after getting back from Outbreak. You're wearing a t- you bought yourself a t-shirt, did you? I did. I got myself the lineup long sleeve. It's bloody lovely. It's got all the the artists down the sleeves. All the fun of the fair. All the fun of the fair. Um, yesterday was was good. It was good. It was a lot to live up to after Saturday, wasn't it? <laughs> it was an impossibly high bar Saturday. Like I think, as as we established, um, the back half of that day was as good as live music gets, particularly Code Orange into Death Grips. Um, so, 
yeah, it, it was a bit of a come down, but I think, you know, kind of an apt and well-planned one because just looking at the lineup, you knew it was going to be a slightly more mellow day, the Sunday, and I think it, it did it did sit in a kind of a, a more lax pocket than what had come before, which I think we yeah, needed. I don't think there could have been another day of that level of intensity. Oh, it was a lot, wasn't it? It was a lot on Saturday. I did wake yeah. up on Sunday morning, as you've yeah. heard, and I was like, oh, God. But yeah, <laughs> by the end, I was really lagging, plus a four-hour drive back. Yeah, to Overton. unlucky. Yeah, that was not very much fun, mate. To be honest, but um, I don't know who had it worse. You had delayed trains and all kinds of shit. Yeah, uh, every train on the way back delayed. Awful. Um, just everything going wrong with the British rail infrastructure, as it has been for about what three decades now. I think a little bit of politics. So. Oh, topical. Brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, mate. I uh, whereas I listened to Queen's Stone Age on. Radio 1. Nice. And then Radio Big 6 Music. Or yeah. And then they cut to Alt-J at one point and I was like, why are you doing that? Especially when I listened to Alt-J and I was like, no, no, really, why are you doing <laughs> this to me? Um, anyway, forget that. That's a different festival which we're not really covering that much this, this week, although maybe we will next week or so, I don't know. Uh, Zulu, I was dead excited to see Zulu. Yeah. And they were reliably great, I thought. Uh, 10 past 12... Fucking early in the morning. Yeah. Brutal, but very good. Absolutely, absolutely. Um reliably, have you seen have you seen Zulu before? Or I don't know why I said reliably. Oh, okay. I've never seen them before. So I, I mean, wasn't actually, sure. So. Uh, okay, they were as good as I as good as you expected or wanted them to be, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I mean I would say like we made a lot of comparisons with Soul Glow. They are quite a different band from Soul Glow, really. But I think they're a younger band, or they're a newer band, I should say. And I think when put next to Soul Glow the day before, I think they're still a bit far behind. They're that. still working things out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed Zulu, for the record. I, I think they um, yeah, they pretty much lived up to the expectations I had of them, which was that it was going to be incredibly savagely heavy. Um, and they would have a really fun time doing it, and they did. I think my only... Uh, I think the real kind of glaring point and not an awful thing uh, for me was with the album um, and you tomorrow I think it was cool to have a bit of a distinction between the two sides of what they were doing that then all came together brilliantly at the end of the record I think live it did feel a little bit more stop starty it felt like the two things were a little bit disparate at present but I mean like you say I mean they are you know they're in the early days of being a band I guess I mean you know been around a couple of years or whatever but We've also had a pandemic in the meantime, so may not have had that much time to road test this material, but I thought it was really strong. I did. Uh, anecdotally, I am really surprised uh, at <laughs> kind of the microcosm of the appeal that they had, though, because I was chatting to uh, the two ladies who were running the bar in the uh, the Wankers platform, and I was sort of saying to them across the weekend, it was like, oh, you know, how are you enjoying it? What, what have you been thinking? And they they basically said, oh, we're not really into this sort of stuff. One of them said she was basically here for Earl Sweatshirt. Both of them said, but Zulu were fucking brilliant. It's like, wow, the power violence band are the ones crossing over to sort of people who aren't into the heavy guitar music. I was really surprised by that. But yeah, Zulu definitely made an impact. So fair um, play to them. I'd be very keen to see him again, I think, when they've had a bit more time to get this material under their belt properly live and sort of iron out the kinks, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was it, it was good. It yes, was good. It was the good. It was a great. good start to the day. Yeah, album's great. They're good live. Uh, yes, speed. Everyone was fucking going batty for. Yeah. So um, 
Speed and Buggin was announced as a clash. And I think looking at the social media for Outbreak, when the stage times got announced, that was the clash that everyone was a bit fucking livid about. But um, I mean, we saw we saw both. Yeah, we saw we? bugging. Yeah, sorry, I forgot that we even saw them. That's bad, isn't it? I saw, but yeah, a bit of bugging <laughs> in the second stage. I thought they were pretty. They seemed like a good um, two-step in time. Yeah, absolutely. I think they they were a good kind of energetic but less intense follow-up to Zulu. I thought they were pretty cool. I thought they had a good swagger about them. Um, I did prefer them to Speed of that clash. Uh, I thought Speed. You know, they clearly got. <laughs> Something of a hero's welcome. I think that it must have been a long-awaited set. I don't really know loads about Speed, apart from the fact that they are an Australian hardcore band. Um, they are Australian, aren't they? They're certainly from the Antipodes, anyway. But yeah. a hardcore band who've made it over for possibly the first time. Um, and they were fucking loving it. The audience were fucking loving it. Um, but to me, it was just... It was a little bit more of that meat and potatoes hardcore that I was getting a bit tired of with Fury. And to have that then after what we'd seen on the Saturday and then kind of Zulu and Buggin and then it felt like the quality was kind of dipping it well, not even the quality I don't know just my enthusiasm for that kind of thing was dipping a little bit by the time speed were on well I mean I'm happy to say the quality because I think that they're just, right. the, they're, they're, just a, they're just a really really bog standard hardcore band fair fair you know like there are loads <laughs> of bands who do exactly and I mean I don't mean you sound a bit like them and you know like there's loads of there, there are loads of bands who sound exactly the same as them mm. note for note line for line word for word move for move it, it, it's a thing right it's a thing and some people just want to hear endless you know scott vogel from terror just wants to hear that blasted into his face 24 hours a day he doesn't ever want anyone to change anything musically at all ever yeah. and that's what he wants and some so some people like it yeah absolutely uh, yeah it's not much of a life <laughs> says the man who sees terror concerned. every time they play the UK not Trust by choice <laughs> it's not much of a lie no but um, I was just like oh, I, I was like oh yeah they're a quite a good hardcore band but I'm yawning just thinking about it they're set <sighs> for, for a half an hour set it felt quite long to me it did, and, didn't it? and you know I, I will concede that I do think a fair bit of that for me certainly was the kind of the festival fatigue you know it was the morning of the last day because people were going for it like people were loving it in the audience but yeah it, it didn't do loads for me no me neither no. Um, massive change of this is so it feels like Outbreak is kind of you got a fully hardcore day on the Friday You've mm -hmm. got a little kind of smidgen of hip hop dotted about on the Saturday. And then you've got a couple of kind of hardcore bands at the start. And then it really kind of, I think, kind of crossed over into being almost as at least as much of a festival about hip hop as it did about punk rock at this point, mm. I think, and beyond. Yes, I would say so. Um, I think it was also quite striking that uh, Play That Boys A's set was easily the uh, least well attended of the main stage By the entire far. weekend. I mean, you yeah. know, um, like Zulu, you know, they're on at 10 past, uh, 10 past 12. I'd say the standing was maybe, maybe half full. So let's say they maybe had a thousand people there at a push. I think Play That Boys A, if he was lucky, had maybe 200 people. If he was lucky, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have. He didn't have much, did he? Much there. I mean, to be no. fair to him, to be fair to him, he made 
a, he made a lot out of quite a little, I think. I think he made the best of it. You know, he was trying to get people properly riled up. And the people that were there were getting really into it. And, you know, he's doing a jump the fuck up and stuff like that. And, you know, getting people to kind of circle it or, you know, mosh or whatever. So I think he made the best of a bad situation. But unfortunately, and I hate to be, well, I'm not going to be one of those people actually where I'm like, oh, it should have been insert local, like Leicester hardcore band. But it's like, Actually, I think something like that, just it didn't really work at Outbreak this year. I think it was a little bit too far into the kind of more mainstream trap-led kind of hip-hop. I mean, I don't I don't know enough about all the various subgenres of hip-hop mm. to really put my finger on it, but it was the kind of thing that I'm not that bothered about. As someone who, I, I like to think I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to music, but it just doesn't translate to me at all. And I, I, found, it, I found that quite dull as well. I'd say we're kind of two quite boring sets back-to-back for my taste. Yeah, I mean, he was all right, I thought. But yes, I think that's... He was energetic. He at least brought... I mean, we're going to talk about people later who I think mm. musically fit the festival better. And there are people who musically um, were quite... Maybe not quite as fitting, but then... Um, but also didn't bring as much energy as him. Yes, um, so I, think I think like p- performatively, got, he was in the right ballpark. It's just the actual music I don't think worked. I I didn't care much for his music. I have no. to say either. So that was like that was unfortunately um, a bit of a kind of uh, a bit of a swing and a miss, really. Yeah, um, and it it was, was a shame because it did feel a bit like ah, this is going to be the rod that some of the sort of. Instagram commentators are going to use to beat the festival with for trying something different, um, which is not not fair, you know, given the stuff that we did see later in the day. I think, uh, well, let alone the day before, you know, I think it was a resounding success in terms of that experiment with a couple of flies in the ointment, which I think is these these two artists back to back. Now, you really didn't like Michi Darko at all. The only set of the entire festival I actively disliked, actually. Um, I think he has got a kind of <laughs> cool deliberately very sort of confrontational bravado about him and i'm all for that i don't mind a bit of kind of cheeky arrogance on stage but you've actually got to have songs to back that up and he had a half hour set and there was a point where he said oh i've got like one more and you know whoever is hype man uh dj etc was clearly sort of said to him, oh no, you've got 10 minutes. And he said like, oh, 10 minutes, oh, I can drag this out for 10 minutes. And he then proceeded to talk for mm. seven minutes. And it's like, I don't give a fuck what you're saying. I actually play something. And all of this inter-song banter was punctuated by the fucking air horn meme sound. And it was so, I, I absolutely hated it. I found it so infuriating. It's like, just fucking, you, apparently, you know, you've got this incredible reputation. Why don't you actually fucking show us? How you've how you've earned that? Because at the moment I feel like I'm watching a subreddit that's come to life and for, started a rap career. I, I genuinely hated it. I, <laughs> I thought mean, his hype man was dreadful as well because all he did was stand at the back and go hands up one two three about twenty times every fifteen seconds. Awful. I really really didn't like it, Steve. Um, I thought he was quite funny, Michi Darko. I thought he was I, quite funny. I mean, I thought his zombies. his personality was the best thing about that set, but. His personality is not enough to carry a set. We're at a music festival and there was no, there wasn't much music in that performance. That was my issue. He played a couple of Flatbush Zombie songs. Um, and I think the people that gave him a longer rope mm. probably were people who, I mean, we bumped into <laughs> I think everyone, nine. everyone who was in the room gave him a longer rope than me, to be fair. I was fucking livid by the yeah. end of it, but yeah. I anyway. think there, there are a lot of people who really, obviously really like Flatbush Zombies mm. and... Michi Darko definitely got a bit of a pop for um, 
for being you know when he played a couple of their songs and that you know that, I, I kind went of on energetic about, high point of the set for the audience definitely yeah yeah and i actually you know i thought he i thought he was all right i mean he did get at first i was like oh he's funny i mean someone came up to do and he grabbed the mic to like do the song and they did like two lines they did like jermaine from flight the concords you mm. know i'm the hip-hop eponymous lyrics are bottomless uh, uh, um yeah and he did that and um Dark, he just like literally grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and threw him back in the crowd which i thought yeah. was quite good um and yeah, and I kind of, I quite like the attitude, but yeah, it did get a bit great in towards the end. And I was a little bit like, I mean, particularly when he finished his last song and they were, let me tell you what I've known. Yes, I know over and over again, <laughs> over and oh, over mate. again. And then he just went, be yourself or something. And I was like, oh, that, that wasn't worth it, mate. That wasn't it, worth it. It's funny when you uh, were talking about the Arm and Hammer show, you had seen, uh, you know, kind of uh, off their own back, you know, their own show, and it felt pretty ramshackle. Them just kind of wandering back to the iPad and being like, oh, we're doing this now. That was what his entire set felt like. It did feel very, very cobbled together last minute. Um, mm. yeah. yeah. Not for me. I mean, Not I, for I me. Think I, I think I probably preferred it to you, but... I definitely preferred it to me. Yeah, ultimately, I think everything thus far was not as good as Show Me The Body. Show Me The Body were the first brilliant set of the day. I thought Show Me The Body were fucking excellent to have that yeah. kind of noisy intensity and that violence to it as well. Like the set felt dangerous when they were playing. It was another one, a bit like Jesus Peace the day before where you had people up on stage kind of crowd killing more so than getting in amongst it and sort of singing and shouting and whatever. Um, yeah, it felt leery. It felt like it could all kick off at any moment. Um, I thought they were excellent. Absolutely excellent. They, they were really good, yeah. Mm. I really, really enjoyed it. Like, I hadn't seen it before, and I think, um, you know, for a trio, mm. they make a fucking shitload of noise. They make a load of They make a racket, well. yeah. And uh, some of those new songs sounded absolutely brilliant. Mm. Um, I was really flagging at this point, so we got caught in... It rained like a motherfucker. <laughs> for it? about 20 minutes, it shat it down. Absolutely shat yeah. it down. More like a fucking hour, I reckon, because I, I, was, I was absolutely drenched i just went upstairs to get a drink and it was yeah. i was just got drenched completely soaked to the bone it was ridiculous and i was like well i can't handle this so i actually missed all of little ugly main mm. um basically other yeah. than i was actually coming around the corner as he was doing his last song yeah well um <laughs> i saw his entire set and actually i thought um much more successful i think having had Play That Boys A and uh, Michi Darko get a kind of mixed response, I would say. Uh, I mean, Play That Boys A didn't get a great response from the outbreak crowd as a whole. I think Little Ugly Man, he probably had somewhere between 2,000 to 2,500 people there. So he got a decent whack of the audience. Um, it was it was still in quite a low energy um sort of, I don't know, presentation as it goes like, you know, kind of him sort of wandering around the stage a little bit drawly, but he got a good groove and bounce to uh, the tracks that are behind him. He had a great flow and he had a really nice sounding voice as well, which always helps, particularly when you've got a clearer production. I did find actually, I think the sound um, from the start of the day on the Sunday was probably the best it was across the entire festival. I think on the Friday and Saturday, um, it took a little while to get it going, whereas with some more electronic stuff coming through the PA, I think the whole day sounded brilliant. Um, and that clarity really, really works for 
you know, hip hop performers. I think Lodley Main did really well. Um, it was cool to see him wearing a Trauma Bonds t-shirt as well. So another High Viz fan, as everyone should be. Um, and I quite liked that where I think both Michi Darko and Play That Boyze said, like, we don't want anyone uh, getting up on stage. I think Lil Ugly Main probably had the same um, deal, but there was a point in his last song where there was a stage invasion and I, I'm sure I saw him kind of turn to the security and go, nah, you're all right. Like, just let him up. It's fine. So I thought that was quite nice, quite magnanimous of him at a punk festival. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it did feel like, from what I could sort of hear, it felt a bit kind of just, the whole atmosphere felt a little bit flatter than... After showing me the body, it was a, a big come down, I would say. Yeah, um, and yeah, kind of unfortunate, I guess, for for Little Ugly Man to be sandwiched in between two of the best lo- sets of the and, day, yeah. and Loathe, who were fucking great. Yeah, really fucking great. Welcome back, like heroes. Um, I, I, I am not sure. I am starting to question myself at this point, but I'm pretty sure that's the first time I've seen Loathe since I let it in and it took everything came out, which is ridiculous because it's not like they don't play here all the fucking time. I've just kept missing them. But then I'm questioning it because those songs just felt so natural um, as a well as live pieces and so kind of baked into my mind. It's like, surely I've seen them do like aggressive perfection and gorge before, but I think I've just watched a hell of a lot of YouTube footage of them, basically. Um, they absolutely smashed it. I remember a fair while ago, you talking about Loathe's look uh, and kind of having that silhouette that's instantly recognisable about them. And with some of the visual effects that were going on on the screens. I mean, Kadeem has just got such a presence where he could have been backlit like Death Grips and you would still know it was him. And actually, you'd know it was him and it's got a little bit of the Greg Pucciato about it, the way he kind of drapes himself over the mic and then will just hurl himself about. I thought um, he was excellent. Um, Eric, uh, superb guitar tone. I thought he sounded brilliant. I thought his vocals were amazing. That tone sounded really cut through everything. Like They were the first, I guess... The first metal band, or even like, I don't even call them a metalcore, like metalcore band, metal band. Do you know what I mean? They're a band who mm. much more kind of exists more in, I suppose Code Orange do at this point, sort of now as well. They're there. I mean, you go more into rock, as you uh, kind of pointed out yesterday, I would say. Mm. In presentation, anyway. But yeah, I think like loathe were like maybe the only sort of metal band of the whole weekend kind of modern metal metalcore band of the whole weekend yeah because obviously and they are taking cues from that alt stuff i mean i i suppose in some sense the only thing or the closest comparable thing maybe the kind of back half of narrowhead set where they go for that more heavy yeah. deftones thing a bit like you know one of the things that loathe take from i mean people who say they're a deftones clone aren't actually listening beyond two-way mirror really but yeah smashing set I'm so pleased to have finally, definitely seen those songs live now. It was really good. Yeah, they were very, very good. And it was just, again, I liked it because it was a different sort of, um, you know, yeah, it was it was very good. Mm. Um, a different flavour to the day and added to, I kind of, the, I think the breadth of stuff that was going on across yeah. the Sunday of Outbreak. Yeah, very good. Uh, loads are great. They're just very, yes. very good. Um, then... I was fucked. We both were. We were both fucking flagging. So we toddled Absolutely off fucked. for a little bit. Uh, did miss Trapped Under Ice. Um, I think the last thing I needed was more kind of like heavy hardcore, basically. I was. I have been reliably informed that they were reliably fucking brilliant. But I did make it back in time for Turnover. 
Um, did you see any of Turnover, Steve? I was um, I was watching Cat Stevens on the, the BBC at Glastonbury in my hotel room. Do you think he would have been better at Outbreak or Glastonbury? Probably Glastonbury, I think, yes. Well, are you sure about that? Shame, shame, but I think you would. Yeah, I missed Chapter <laughs> Under Ice. I, I think, again, I came around the corner as Turnover were finishing their, their right. final song. Okay. Um, I think Turnover had a slightly bigger crowd than Loathes. Um, I, I got there maybe, I think they were on their second song. And when I got in, they did have a really, really big audience. By the end, or probably by about halfway through their set, I think it thinned out a little bit. I think there was a curiosity about how they were going to go down. That's certainly why I watched them. Um it was weird to see that this kind of shoegazy dream pop kind of, well, yeah, I guess pop rock band almost, um, got a really, really strong reception. I mean, when some of the hip hop artists of the day weren't getting a crowd um, nearly as sizable or nearly as kind of fervent. I mean, Turnover, for a band who are so mellow, people are going berserk for them. Um, if I had a criticism of them... Um, it was that they were so mellow that when I came back, I was like, oh, I've got my second win now. And by the end of their set, I felt as tired as when I'd left to go and have a little break um, to come back in time for them. Can't really blame them for that. But I think they were a weird, weird booking to have there. It worked, though. People people received them really well, I felt. Yeah. Um, they did uh, look like they were getting quite a good reception as I as I left and yeah. I was quite gutted actually because I would have liked to, I could have liked to have seen him but I was just so fucking knackered at that point I was like there's no way I'm going to be able to stand here for another three hours so yeah no they, they got on really well and actually I would say I think they brought a little bit more of that kind of um, like what we were talking about with Code Orange that kind of uh, aesthetic professionalism um, that uh, wasn't always there during Outbreak which is not necessarily a problem for a lot of the bands but yeah it was cool to see something that felt a bit more arena-y Something that felt more yeah. aspirational in terms of kind of where it's where it wants to go. Mm. Yeah, um, I think Earl Sweatshirt, right? To move on. Yeah. Now I quite like that last album. It's called Sick. I think it's good. Right, mm. and he's obviously got a reputation as a former member of Odd Future. I kind of thought to myself, I wonder what he's going to do because that is, you know, that is a collective mm. with a unbelievable reputation as a live artist right so i did sort of think to myself hmm i wonder what i wonder if we're going to see something kind of quite special here mm. but then i also remember thinking what is on that record and again it's quite insular it's quite um uh, not necessarily strictly kind of proper low energy but it you know actually it is it is quite low it's not kind of fast-paced big booming hip-hop right so i did think to myself like i wonder how this is going to work um but i was looking forward to seeing him and you could tell a bit like with michi darko there were a lot of people there who really really were just like mm. oh my god amazing yes. amazing and that's cool right that is cool and i thought musically he's he's pretty good like i'm not the world's biggest l sweatshirt fan like i said i thought that last album was decent not incredible He's decent, right? You know, mm -hmm. um, I think I know there's a lot of other variables to it, and this is maybe like distilling it down to a sort of stupid level. But there's a reason why Tyler the Creator wasn't isn't subbing someone at Outbreak, <laughs> and he and he is. Um, although you know, I'm I'm aware that there are other things that that has happened to him in his life that have sort of yes. would have derailed his career and stuff, right? But but it was all right. Yeah, 
it was all right. It was, again, very low energy. And um, there was a point towards the end of his set where, I mean, it was just kind of like, you know, stood there sort of bobbing your head a little bit to it. I mean, I certainly wasn't anywhere near as engaged as I had been for most other sets across the entire weekend. Even, you know, even speed got me tapping my foot, you know, kind of more readily than Earl Sweatshirt mm-hmm. did. And you said to me, and I think you're absolutely right, that um, some of the artists who were appearing um, over the weekend, particularly the American hip-hop artists, I think kind of assuming that their legacy precedes them and they could kind of just walk in and play a set without really kind of doing much. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I said to you when we were watching it yesterday, now, uh, admittedly, these are different size artists, right? But having seen quite a few um, more kind of modern American hip-hop artists coming over here and doing what Arm & Hammer Mm. did, which is just basically like going, here's our thing, you know, here's our laptop. We just fucking play and then we're going to just wander around the stage looking at the floor Mm. and doing our songs with a bit of a muddy sound mix. I think UK artists are... I feel like the UK artists put a bit more kind of effort into the show I think so. Um, it's funny because, you know, you're thinking about Outbreak kind of more more widely and where it goes next. One of the conversations that certainly we had with a lot of people over the weekend, it was like, ah, oh, get clipping to headline next year, isn't it? And it's like, well, I think, I think clipping, if they were willing to do it, would be a great shout for Outbreak. But actually, I think get like the bug doing a, a set with Flo Dan and Mangus and Hilaire and stuff like that because they do put on a show. I know I didn't get to see Flo Dan when I saw the bug last year, but they actually have a kind of an energy and an intensity to them that I do feel some of the hip hop, uh, certainly on the Sunday was lacking. And, you know, I want to see Outbreak continue to experiment with the genres it pulls in. I think that is a really fucking exciting prospect. So getting artists who can capture that level of excitement, certainly in the, in the first few years while they're, you know, trying to broaden their parameters, I think that that's what needs to happen. Basically, basically get flow yeah. down is what I'm saying. If you're listening, outbreak organisers, please try and get the bug with flow down because I mean I'd go mental for that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I say, when I think of the people that I've seen, um, Scarlord, Scarlord's mm. not really around that much anymore, is he? Or is he? I don't know. Um, I don't, I've got no idea. But th- that kind of hype for him feels like it's sort of gone away. Yeah, a fair bit. But certainly, haven't seen Scarlord. Haven't seen. Um, Dave haven't seen I mean thing is Dave and Stormzy bit unfair really because maybe if Earl Sweatshirt shirt had the budget yeah. that, that, um, that Dave or Stormzy have maybe you would see a much much bigger show I, you know, I don't know but maybe but I think there's still an intensity to their performances that, that was lacking I feel that Earl Sweatshirt was very very laid back you know it was kind of a baggy porno for Pyro's t-shirt and that was the extent of his production whereas yeah. you know I know it was at the Brit Awards, but Dave doing black, the way he performed it, it's not necessarily about the bells and whistles. It's the, the, it sounds mean to say it, but the passion that goes into the performance, I felt that was really lacking. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, I suppose AJ Tracy is really big now as well. Um, but he, I think give, it's, again, it's a different type of thing. But when I think of like seeing AJ Tracy, Koji Radical, Little Sims, all of those artists are much bigger. I suppose Scarlord's really the only one who's a sort of, I guess, would you think would be a kind of comparative mm. sort of size. Um, but even last year at Reading, you know, um, Denzel Curry, we were about to talk about, was great and he was on the main stage and he was fucking great. Yeah. Whereas Danny Brown, who is also great, um, JPEG Mafia, who is also great, 
like I don't know they were just it was just them on their own stood mm. in stood on the stage with their thing and it was like I feel like you need like hip hop you know I've, I've always thought it's a really fucking hard genre to pull off live mm. and I think you've, it's a, it, in a point now where it's like you know it's bigger than guitar music oh and yeah, yeah. Y- you on one hand I guess you know you could say well these people are you know like they, they don't need to bring a show because they as personalities and that they're so big that they kind of don't really need to worry about it because people will just be like oh great i'm seeing this person and that's fine but when if you want to be like a a really really if you want to be really kind of highly thought of i mean i don't know why you wouldn't aim like, no. i haven't seen kendrick at the o2 twice i mean obviously that is a world away this is like me going conjurer why don't they you know you know i've seen ramstein <laughs> I, I, i'm aware that it's yeah. like a kind of a weird comparison but at the same time why not that, like, like wants to be yeah. that good though yeah you know i've seen bleed from within in um and you know black peaks i remember seeing black peaks mm. and they were like we're, we're bringing pyro to the third stage at download fucking why not <laughs> that's fucking brilliant you know yeah. why, why not have a go at doing that and um it's saying that like we are at least aiming for something and mm. i do think like you know these are aspirational artists and they 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 could end up being fucking massive and clipping you know clipping brought a big clipping brought a light show when i saw clipping you know the the strobe that the, you know, like kind of oppressive strobe lighting mm. and you know obviously david diggs is fucking incredible but it did feel more like oh this is it didn't just stop and then he would be like oh yo yo uh this next one all right what are we yeah. doing hold yeah. on a second and then like what and like it was just i know there's a kind of i guess is that they probably a lot of these people they come from that there's almost like a kind of punk charm to it but i think you've got to be really really fucking good to pull it off and yeah. the the flip of that was now wiki came on and did a song a couple of songs with El sweatshirt which i thought raised the energy levels mm-hmm. a little bit i then went over to the second stage and saw wiki headline and i didn't know who you know i don't know anything about him right i didn't know anything about him he was like the revelation of the festival for me. He was fucking brilliant. Like, and I was like, now this is the sort of shit that hardcore kids and punk kids will relate to straight away because it was that big, booming, fast, boom bap, massive kind of distorted, like pounding beats. And he's got like, you know, he's a white rapper. So I know this is probably going to be like, what a ridiculous, you know, like this is the only <laughs> comparison you can make. But he he does have a touch of the Eminem about him. He does have a touch of that like a really, really kind of fast, very, very fast, goes on and on. like And it get, getting more and more intense, that kind of freight train mm. style flow. And he was jumping down, he was pointing at people in the crowd and he was, you know, getting onto that front sort of barrier and, mm. you know, pointing people out and being like, I want a circle pit. And, you know, a, a bunch of, I think like some curious people became like fans throughout like i did i went in just being yeah. like oh somebody's on i'll watch a bit of this before denzel curry and then i was like by the end i was like this guy's fucking great really really good and he's obviously doing a different type of music to somebody like El sweatshirt mm-hmm. but it makes sense in the setting that we're in in outbreak you want the, the, those kids want to mosh those people yeah. down to outbreak they want to mosh they can mosh the wiki can't mosh the El sweatshirt like it's cool that El Sweatshirt's there and they're just like, you know, I know there were some people there who were just like, they were trying to start a circle pit and it's like, we're, we're pitting to this no matter what yeah. happens, right? <laughs> Even if it's completely unsuitable music. <laughs> but 
you know, like you look at someone like Wiki and you go like, yeah, I think like there's certainly a, like <laughs> there's a flavor. Cause it's all kind of, like I said before, it's all kind of skate culture. And you wouldn't want to be like, ah, oh, that particular type of hip hop doesn't belong here. But like, I, I think you want to book people that they can mosh to. Basically, that would yeah. be that would yeah. be my. I'd be like, okay, so you know, and actually, funnily enough, to go to Denzel Curry, who, um, I, you know, I left. The, I think like a couple of songs before the end of Wiki, so I could get to the start of Denzel Curry. Mm. And I'm gonna say right now, fucking knackered. We're both knackered. We yeah. didn't see all of Denzel Curry, and that's not because Denzel Curry wasn't great. What he we was, saw yeah. of Denzel Curry was fucking brilliant. And again, so much energy, so much flow, and you could have you could listen to Denzel Curry on record. You know, mm. particularly like, like the soul versions of the new songs he's done and go, oh, you know, maybe this will be a bit low energy or whatever. But like, he adapts stuff live, so it seems 10 times more intense. Yeah, and I didn't know that he did that. And the fact that he came out and started with Walking off um, Melt My Eyes, I was like, wow, okay, he's really fucking beefed this up. And within that song, moved from this kind of, you know, really, I don't know, kind of precise quite tactile flow into beautifully melodic vocals into some proper fucking shrieking intensity it was like i am watching the person who wrote Mount my eyes uh see your future and also did that like a version vo uh, cover of balls on parade like but all at the same time and he's able to straddle that line so brilliantly i thought what we saw i mean <laughs> i'm so annoyed that i was just so tired but i was just dead on my feet and i think i would have not enjoyed the set as much as I should had I've stayed for the rest of it. But next time Denzel Curry plays um, anywhere in the UK, I'll fucking go because he was spectacular. He was an inspired choice um, for Outbreak because he did do, he gave exactly what we were just talking about with something like Wiki. Um, he gave the kids something to mosh to. Basically, the kids, they're <laughs> all about my age. But he gave the punk, the punk fans something to mosh to because it, it did have that, uh, yeah, wild abandon to it, but that inescapable level of talent as well. And, you know, people know Denzel Curry is a hardcore fan. Like, he, he knows a lot about punk music. He did that brilliant cover of Eye Against Eye, as well as Balls on Parade, that you can get on his band camp. And, like, I think if they were going to try... Oh, as Outbreak are trying to expand their remit, I think Denzel Curry, getting him now, um, absolutely fantastic choice. A brilliant way to close it out. Um... And I think maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit more intense than so much of what preceded him that it's like maybe he was on the wrong day, but then you couldn't have him before Death Grips. You couldn't have him no. <laughs> against Bane and Converge. It's like, I don't know quite where he would fit, but yeah, absolutely fantastic. I kind of wish Bane had headlined the Sunday so I could have gone home early. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot earlier. Like, no shade on Bane at all, again, who are fucking a legendary band, but... I didn't feel like I need, needed to see Bane. I think there would be a lot of people who are like, oh my God, Bane, you know, mm. they're this legendary band, whereas because I've seen them a bunch of times before and I'm not like the world's biggest Bane fan. Yeah. I was much more excited about seeing Denzel Curry. Um, yeah, like taking that, doing that version of Dog Food and just speeding, <laughs> making it like three times faster and making people do the black is hot, the black is hot. Oh, and, fucking, uh, fucking great. Black Balloons is brilliant. I think Little Ugly Man came out with him. Uh, ended with, now I looked on, on the set list because obviously we missed the last few songs I want to see what we played. Uh, ended with Clout Cobain, fucking hell, ULT, and Blood on My Nikes, right? Yeah, I saw that and I was like, hang on, what, is the he, Loyal Karna song? Yeah, and I was like, is he doing a Loyal Karna cover? Yeah. And apparently, apparently not. Apparently it's a new song. Right, okay. So, I mean, again, like, the fucking balls on you to end with a new song. <laughs> I mean, 
I think he has got an earned confidence about him, that Denzel. Mm. I think he'll do well. Top lad. Top lad. Overall, it was good. Let's hope they fucking double down on this. Yeah. Outbreak. Because I think, you know, I think a lot of people going, oh, well, you know, last year injury reserve played. And it's like, yeah, but injury reserve are like one act. And also they are a very very noisy hip-hop they're quite they're quite a kind of a break like i think if it had been all hardcore bands and death grips you wouldn't have gone like oh what a mad you know like what what a mad mm. bill this is you'd have just gone oh that's cool they've put death, grip, death grips in a yeah in, in amongst a bunch of hardcore bands but when you've got some of the you know the other artists that we've been talking about it did feel like like this is a concerted effort and it felt like they were kind of easing people in like proper full-blown hardcore day little bit on the on the friday little bit on the saturday quite a lot like at mm. least half and half i would say on the sunday which is how i would like it i thought the kind of the the idea of the sunday was the day that appealed to me the most so, like even though i mean code orange and death grips the, the execution of the saturday the was the best but yeah the idea yeah. of the sundays i yeah very very exciting prospect um so i hope they double down it and i don't know who they could get next year when we talked about clipping i'm not sure clipping if they're going to stay with like a ten thousand cap venue i'm not sure clipping are big enough to headline in this country when you think of the sort of the, the venue yeah. sizes that they play they're probably not quite big enough good like an, it would be an amazing sub headlining performance mm. to breed <laughs> i mean that would to be fair i definitely it would that. yeah 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 you know i mean if they could get turnstile back and Ooh, i mean we'll see i mean turnstile maybe <laughs> beginning to get too big for a ten thousand cap festival these days i mean mm. their meteoric ascent is not showing any sign of stopping it's a hard one if they stay here it is a hard one mm. there's not many bands in sort of this particular head like guitar wise hardcore type of music there's not many of those bands. I guess not loose might get big enough at that point. Yeah, maybe. Hate breed, maybe. hate breed probably would be big enough. Turnstile would be big enough. Who's to know if Code Orange might be able to come back and headline next year? Don't know. Um, hard to say, man. Hard to say who might be big enough to do it. Mm. Um, which means they do have to look, I think. You know, you would have to look at, you know, the the completely different genres of music and mm. how far they want to push out into that is um is i guess is the challenge really isn't it i mean we've seen it to i guess to a lesser extent really with something like bloodstock where bloodstock have had to go okay well more people are coming down so we have to book rob zombie and trivium and machine head mm. um it can't before... just be wasp and motorhead yeah wasp and motorhead and um immortal or mm. you know like fucking emperor used to headline emperor and carcass yeah. would have been a headline in bloodstock back in the day and then they ain't going to be doing it now well behemoth went from headlining to them being in the middle of the day to then headlining again as the festival grew like it did i mean i mean who's to say bands who headlined outbreak back in the day i mean you know code orange have headlined an outbreak before they weren't quite there this year but maybe maybe for the 2024 iteration they can get back to that slot you know yeah, maybe maybe that ma- oh go on there's not but who else that's the thing, in it? Who else? Well, I mean, there, there are bands and that. Who knows? I mean, who knows how, you know, loads are going to go on. I mean, presumably they must be due something new very, very soon. It's been a long old time since, um, well, uh, uh, I let it in and then the things we believe. And I think, I feel like they have got a hell of an, a hell of a groundswell and so much clout at something like Outbreak that they could be pushed that bit higher at the bill. I mean, maybe not quite to headline. I think, you know, High Viz, 
could headline next year. Let's see how their profile continues to rise. I don't know, I mean, but yeah. that's a jump of four places for Loathe. They would have to jump one, two, three, four to headline, mm. and it would be a jump of uh, again four places or th- three places higher mm. for High Vista headline. I don't see that happening in a year. No. Particularly when you look at, you know, if High Viz were, were announced as headliners or Loathe were announced as headliners the year after Death Grips and Denzel Curry, mm. it's just, they're, just, they're just not even, they're nowhere near. Then I mean, just to give you a kind of a, a quick thing on, uh, let's do the old, the old Spotify thing. Spot-a-rooney. So Denzel Curry has 7,473,951 monthly listeners oh, okay. on Blimey. Spotify. I didn't realise it was quite have <laughs> 1 million, which is a lot more than I thought actually, 1,345,817 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, Death Grips have let's have a little look at Death Grips actually, Death Grips have less monthly listeners than Loathe really? Yeah, 855,000. But I suppose they have then got a prestige about them. You know, there's there's, there's a name, there's a brand recognition to Death Grips. High Viz have 124,878 monthly listeners. So they are miles, like, just miles and miles and miles away. I think Denzel Curry, you know, we've said it before, like, he is, he was... He's the big artist, yeah. The biggest biggest person that's ever played that festival, right? Um, Mm-hmm. I'm actually, I'd be interested to see how many Turnstile have on Spotify while we're here. Turnstile actually have less than Loathe at the moment. What? I know, it's weird, eh? Fucking hell. So it's almost like that, Spotify numbers aren't, aren't everything. Yeah, I think that is actually quite a lot of proof that that you can't really sort of look... You can't... It's hard to know how to base it, but I would say, mm. you know, yeah, it is really hard. Um, I'm going to do, for a final comparison, I'm going to do Clipping who have 201,171. Oh, wow. So they are the second smallest act that we have mentioned to Spotify. Uh, and they are sort of 7.6 million Spotify plays away from Denzel Curry. So, you know, I think there's there's some way to go. I would like to see if I have a request, a few more UK hip-hop um, artists being brought in. That's what I'd like to see. Sure. Uh, I think the bug would be my main request. I think he'd yep. go down a storm if he got, you know, a good kind of um, cast of MCs to join him. Uh, beyond that, I mean, I would have never envisaged a lineup like this happening. And I'm so pleased that it did. I mean, I tied up. Um, I saw 29 sets over the weekend. Of those, only four of those acts, bands were people I'd seen before. And I think that's a fucking brilliant thing in and of itself. Um so basically, just keep doing what you're doing, Outbreak. I mean, I think, you know, teething problems with the venue. Uh, we, I was certainly talking about on the Friday. Oh, you know, really, really easy to get around, really accessible. Once it started to get fucking busy on the Saturday, I did notice that things became a lot more congested. And I mean, you know, there are other logistical issues on site, but that will all be sorted out. So as far as I'm concerned, it's in safe hands. I'll be, I'll be fascinated to see where they go next year, though. And I'll be yeah. there. I'll be there. I'm tempted to blind buy a ticket, to be honest. I think yeah. it was so good this year. I've got, um, yeah, blind faith that I, I just want to go and do it all again next June. Three headliners. Pick three. You will be if you if you if you could pick your three headliners for next year. Who'd you pick? Oh God. Um, 
I genuinely don't know. I mean, I think the conversation we just had has proved that I don't really know how to pick a, an outbreak lineup. If I could have anyone, I mean, I'd like to see Code Orange get a headline slot. I don't think that's a super exciting booking, but I would just love to have it because I fucking oh, love Code is. Orange. Well, it is, but I suppose it's not a surprise, should we say. But yeah, I think get them, definitely. Oh, <laughs> just, just get Death Grips. Just do it all again. Just do that Saturday again. <laughs> That's yeah, all I, I want. would take that. Yeah. I'm going to say hate breed. Yeah. Gets. Dirty gets. Dirty gets. gets. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think someone like someone like Koji Radical, hmm. maybe a bit more kind of a bit too nice, maybe a bit too nice, or gets would be fucking rad. Right? Not ne- not necessarily to headline, although who knows with kind of how quickly hip hop hacks uh, blow up. But you were talking, you know, your slathering praise about Genesis Awusu's live show. How do you think he'd mm. go down that outbreak? Great. Yeah. Because he goes fucking bananas. Although... Actually brings a band as well. Oh, actually, I think one of the problems with the hip-hop there as well was the lack of analogue instruments. I think that be- that became a harder thing for people to translate, kind of to square off in their minds. You look at Death Grips, they've got live percussion up there, whereas the ones where it was just kind of laptop and an iPad or whatever, I think that does make it harder for the, the punk side to really kind of latch onto. So someone like Genesis Wusu, who does bring a band, I think would be a bit of a bit of a win. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, fucking, I guess the reformed biohazard. I was thinking biohazard. Aren't, aren't I think they would be. Outbreak, really, are they? I think Probably they would not. be a reformed biohazard. I think that would be the other level of hate breed. People are going batty for that, wouldn't they? I but I think it'd have to be one sub, or the other. I think they'd sub for them subbing hate breed feels like a thing. So I don't know. Mm. Like, it is hard. It is fucking hard. It's hard to know. Uh, Ghost main. Yeah. Maybe. Sleep token. Everyone loves them, don't they? They're so good at metal yeah. and pop. So. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. Well, there you go. That was outbreak. That was our review of outbreak. It was a quite actually a lot longer, so we've just been kind of everything else off. Hope you enjoyed that. Go over to patreon.com forward slash true cult pop. Uh, I'm just doing the outro now, mate. I thought, fuck it. Here he is. Makes sense, doesn't it? Doing it, yeah. Good, good to hear from you again, mate. Yeah, boy. Thanks for coming on. Not a problem, mate. Thank you for having See? me. See, we haven't fallen out, you idiots. Despite um, what I said earlier. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week um, and yeah what I say patreon.com forward slash pop. go and sign up for all of our stuff I probably at the start told you what is coming on the Patreon page this coming week but I haven't actually recorded that and I don't know what it is yet because just let's do the time warp again oh, get that next that. year get a Rocky Horror Picture Show tribute band headline outbreak thank you I will Uh, All right. Thanks very much, everyone. See you next week. Bye.